Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. <sighs> The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Uh, yeah, so can you please explain your jumper situation real quick? Uh, it's just a really warm autumnal jumper, I want to say. The I mean, it'll look good, which is the main thing, right? Yeah, but the important thing is that you're not wearing anything underneath <laughs> it. Unless you I never do. <laughs> yeah, well, I could take it off. Will I take it off? No. No, okay. <laughs> Hello, my name is Dave Hanratty, and there will be no encore. I'm standing up this week. It's yes, episode 176. Power play. <laughs> yeah, we have to literally look up to you. This I'm is literally weird. standing in front of the microphone, which I've never, ever done before. It's a John Barker move from Totally Irish yeah. 28 FM. Yeah, he's read a few books on how to assert yeah. your dominance in the studio. Do you That's feel more animated? The Barkman. It's too hot. It's too hot to feel anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hot to feel alive. It's too hot to feel emotions. It's too hot to feel good. It's too hot to feel bad. Uh, but yeah, so this week on the show, packed episode, guys, as we're back together as a trio for one week only. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Dahi's once again going away next week. Hey, uh, thanks for having me. We'll, we'll get to I feel that in like a second. Jerry Hall in the 80s. Just do like you? Mick Jagger going on tour and you just being like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. This week on the show, we will be talking to Orla Gartland, who I spoke with last week uh, before her academic gig in Dublin. She was great crack. That interview is coming up later in the show. Please listen to that. We will also not be reviewing an album yet again because it's been a bad month for albums, I think. So instead, we're going to do the kind of the songs of the summer roundup, but with a twist. That's right. It's the World Cup of Songs of the Summer. <laughs> More like a Euros, like old format Euros, is it? Because like Before they expanded to 24. Yeah, yeah. It's 16 tracks. <laughs> it's a knockout. It's a knockout, as they say. Uh, what else we got on the show this week, guys? Uh, we're gonna have, probably going to talk about Versatile, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Mercury Prize nominations have just come out today, so we'll be chatting about that in about 
two and a half minutes. And uh, <laughs> I think there's a new Slipknot song in the world, so we'll probably get to that at some stage as well. Yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, busy, Sounds busy, the busy. summer, you say. Yeah, yeah so welcome back, Dahi. You went to Latitude Festival. I did, yeah. We travelled over to England with a junior brother in tow. We both rented a car from Stansted and, and drove together. Tingling. It was great. It was. Uh, Sounds very quaint. The way I, you I, it I booked. So we have the same manager, obviously, which is why we we did that. But uh, I I booked my own hotel. But uh, uh, Googie, my manager, also booked um, Junior Brothers Hotel. And one thing I've learned from years and years of working with Googie is never get him to book accommodation. And I was like, oh man, I don't know what he's booked for you. And and he was like, yeah, this uh, this uh, this hostel is like in the middle of nowhere. Like there's no there's no town around it or anything. So we drove to it, and it was a large red brick building with black deer skulls with the antlers what? above both of the <laughs> above <laughs> both of the the uh the doors and it was like completely deserted in a farmyard like this this Old Jesus. English farmyard. It was the weirdest thing in the You're world. You thinking this is how we die? I was sure he, that was how how Judy Brother was going to die. So I just went, "See ya," and I left him to it. But uh, but he he survived. He's, fine. He's good anyway. Yeah, he came out. He came out a different person. But uh, yeah, it was good. Actually, it kind of kind of suits the Junior Brother aesthetic reading. Really, yeah, it does actually. It. Yeah, it's not bad. Also fond of a woolen jumper in warm weather like Craig over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's a look it's a mood sometimes you have to commit to I'm standing here literally sweating in a t-shirt yeah I mean your t-shirt isn't that light no to be you know you're in black you're clad in black as per usual All dripping with sweat <laughs> that's me white runners though yeah that'll deflect some of the sunshine <laughs> <laughs> cool feet yeah it's very scientific good week for Strange Beer Records by the way Paddy Hanna was opening for Burt Bacharach I was that's right. yeah, so delighted yeah. Paddy Hanna former guest of this show sang Raindrops keep falling yeah. ahead with Bert Bacharach. Yeah. And you know the story about that, like he did it as part of his um, Leaving Sir project, was it? He sang that really? yeah, as like his exam, like it's one of his favourite songs. So, gee, all his messages, it was just like this, the most heartwarming thing ever. It was great. great. Not only that, but I remember messaging Paddy when the Choice Music Prize nominations came out and his album, Frankly I Mutate, which was excellent and I think should have been in the shortlist, yes. wasn't in the shortlist. And I don't think Paddy will be too upset that I reveal that he, that he took it to heart. I think he was upset that he didn't get the nomination. And I remember talking to him very briefly on WhatsApp and I, I remember the the last message I sent him because I saw it was the first thing when I messaged him this week I said onwards and he was like onwards yeah for sure and then I was like oh my god you just fucking signed with Burt Bacharach yeah. <laughs> onwards indeed my friend so yeah he's having a great year he seems to be really coming like into his own as well and yeah I'm really excited to see yeah Burt's doing well uh, <laughs> fair, play, fair play to the Burt it's true and uh, the crowd were good to you in England yes they were they nice. were very good yeah packed out crowd packed uh, out crowd it's a very busy summer especially now I'm uh, I'm supporting Orbital in the Galway Arts Festival yeah, this the big one. Saturday it's the big one uh, I have Paul Noonan coming out as my guest, oh, along with Sinead White, and uh, uh, my drummer Alex as well, who's a, who's a very regular listener, listener to the show. Shouts to the boy Alex. Shouts to the boy Alex. Uh, and then uh, the week after that, uh, I'm going to be in uh, All Together Now and closing out the festival there so it's non-stop some boy mm. uh, we when got- will you be here though <laughs> <laughs> well I hope you see the week we missed you I hope you the week after that because I'm going on my holiday I know I need to look at my month, calendar guys. It's that's terrifying. right a rare holiday for Dave I'll be away for a few it's episodes it's a bit disconcerting that you're going on holi- an actual holiday it's crazy right yeah. yeah I can't believe it I'm happy that you're I'm going to Drake country <laughs> the six I'm going to track down Drake and tell him to stop making music. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess we'll get, let's get into the news, shall we? Uh, yes. I think the first thing we need... I know we're a week old to this because it came out on the Friday. It came out, like, hours after the show was done last week, and I was otherwise engaged, so I wasn't really looking at my phone. And it turns <laughs> out I missed the entire Twitter fiasco when the Cats trailer <laughs> dropped online. I assume everyone in the world has seen it now. Yeah. Pure unadulterated nightmare fuel. I haven't slept right since. I'm never going to get the image of Judy Dench as an anthropomorphic cat with a coat on out of my head. <laughs> uh, the a, a reaction of universal disgust, really. 
Everyone's upset yeah. about this. I feel like the Sonic movie oh God, has there been such a, a even more haunting. The teat. Oh my God. <laughs> um, human teat on a hedgehog. Um, <laughs> this is like, I feel every movie being made with this kind of CGI is going to look so, it already looks terrible, but just five years from now, we're going to be like, what were they doing when it's yeah. so much better? Like, it's crazy. Just put makeup on them. Like, that's what they've been doing in successful stage shows for how long? Sorry, I just tried to pour a glass of water for Dahi there away from the microphone, but I'm concerned that it was picked up. It sounded up. like you took a piss in the corner. It, like, let's not... <laughs> it's a hot the, one in the immortal words. It's so hot. I, like, my face is actually fused right now. Uh, I'm going to have to go see Cats, I assume, for no popcorn, which is coming back soon, guys, I swear. Uh, uh, but but has, have you seen Cats? Has no, I know cats? nothing about Cats. And so, by all accounts... Tunes, but apparently there's absolutely no, no zero narrative. plot. Yeah, apparently. I assumed it was like West Side Story for like furries, but there's yeah, it's yeah. just different. It's, tunes, it's apparently basically. like it's like a group of cats, and they're trying to decide which one of them dies or something. Yeah, like that, it seems very I'm odd. Sure there's people who are big cats fans Fucking shouting down the down the podcast. But uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber, it's first uh, against the wall. It's apparently about getting a cat into heaven. I listen to some yeah. of the tunes, and it's kind of Kate Bushy. It's kind of cool. All right, okay. You got Jason well, Derulo go. in there. You got your yeah. Taylor Swift. Your James Corden. James Corden, like yeah. what? His cat is. It looks like someone saw the Mike Myers cat in hat and went, "I really like that aesthetic. I'm going to bring it back." Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Who would have thought that except for maybe Mike Myers and James Corden? <laughs> Who's directing it? Is it Bill Condon? Is it one of these, like, you know, music, musical guys? I no idea. Yeah. You know, I didn't look at I into it. it too t- I hate it. it, and the world hates it too. So, um, <laughs> something the world is hating this week is Versatile. Now, I mean, like, I've talked about this recently on the show. Nilo was our co- was my co host, I should say, when both you guys abandoned Abandoned me ship, yeah. A couple weeks ago. Um, and we talked about Versatile. They're back in the news. Why, Craig? Um, they're uh, courting controversy once again. I guess they've been cancelled, have they? Um, basically, they've been accused of writing racist and misogynistic lyrics. Um, you know, they've been going down a storm on the festival circuit. Their November gig at Arena looked like it was going to sell out. Um, but just the kind of Twitter storm around this all week has been pretty heavy. Well, it did sell Most- out in minutes. Oh, did it sell oh, out in minutes? Yeah. Oh, so oh anyone who doesn't God. know, Versatile are a pair or a trio rather of Dublin rappers fronted by a duo, Casper Walsh and Eskimo Supreme. Yeah. Rings End? Allegedly from Rings End, but not really. They've been around for about three or four years, but they kind of hit big in about 2017. Now, I mean, Dahi, you and I were there at Picnic last year when they played in the Electric Arena, and I kind of came in halfway through and was like, what the fuck is this? And the two of us were just kind of mesmerized by what was happening because... It was an atmosphere thing. It felt like a big yeah. cultural moment. The tent was heaving. There was such energy in the room. I couldn't even, And this sounds very Arsene Wenger of me. I didn't see it. But I genuinely couldn't pick lyrics <laughs> out of that fucking performance because, one, it was overwhelming. No, two, how would you? Two, I was rather out of it. I'll be brutally honest with you. The pro, you're getting a professional, guys, you know, like when you hire, <laughs> hire me to review a festival. But, like, subsequently, you know, uh, they took off. They, they were the, the story of the day. And I made them the story of the day in my day one review of Picnic for Joe. And in doing so, I guess I endorsed them on a major Irish fucking website. And since then, you've written, I've written the odd news story of like, here's their new video or here's the highlight reel from Longitude. And I've written it with a very kind of like serving the audience kind of way because the audience love them. And like, you know, I, I kind of regret it. Like, and I prob- maybe should have like looked at it closer i've seen some people this week saying stuff like oh i've seen lots of music critics you know hailing them and this that and the other and i wonder if i'm guilty of having any kind of part in their rise which sounds kind of over the top but like at the same time a lot of people who read joe seem to spread around their stuff and i haven't been you know like i I maybe could have been better at not looking at it however this thing craig knows that they're courting controversy it's more that they've previously courted controversy which has finally come back to really kind of be potent this time yeah People freshly on Twitter have been kind of isolating one of their tracks called Dublin City G's, which has some very racist lyrics in it. 
and effectively that has been disseminated this week. It's previously happened, but this is the more of a potent catch on. And you have artists like in the hip hop community, like Eric Cody, like Nilo, yes. which I think is one of the reasons why it's become. They're a highlighting it. Thing, like, um, yeah. broadca- broadcaster and writer Emma uh, Dabry, I-, I think her name. She also was like, like here's like the alleged face of Irish rap. Everyone's been talking about it all week long, and they've been cancelled uh, hither and thither by. I guess critics whereas their fans are not canceling them and are just like these guys are fucking hilarious lighten up you squares fuck you snowflakes etc gig is sold out it's gonna go yeah. ahead now it's not it, gonna it has to be said that like you know there is, obviously there's a group of uh, fans from Versatile who are like supporting them regard like even though they're clearly clearly uh, making racist lyrics yeah. and, and performing in a really questionable way um, but I would I would also say that like I mean I doubt that every single person who's selling out the three arena all that crowd are not like probably don't even know the lyrics that are being course, said yeah. and stuff it's like w- one of the things that really really shocked me is that it's actually a 16 plus gig right for a start which okay. is like questionable at the start and then the tricky part with first style as well is that it's, it's obviously there's this question of like you know well are they Dale satire irony. Are yeah. they and they also don't talk to press at all so they're in this weird situation where they don't actually say anything so, yeah. that, so nobody like gets to, a response or anything I would like, like to that, note you know? at this point that last year having seen them at Picnic I put in an interview request they were supposed to do some interviews then their gig sold out in seconds so they cancelled all of them which I didn't think they would go ahead in the first place anyway the only interviews they, that they've done to date that I can find are they did a live interview with Hot Press I think it was a Picnic but it was a joke interview in which the two lads said nothing and someone spoke for yeah. them and it was like comedy and they've been interviewed twice. They've had two cover stories with Hot Press, both interviewed by Stuart Clark, I believe, our old friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately they appeared to have some control there. And it was more kind of about puffing them up than anything else. So they haven't really been challenged. I think it's fair that people are asking questions. I have wanted to ask those questions. I, like I put in for an interview request as recently as three weeks ago before this storm broke, knowing full well it wasn't going to happen and knowing damn sure now it ain't going to fucking happen, which is very frustrating from a journalist's point of view because I do want to sit down with them and say, what's really going on, guys? What do you think of this kind of current backlash against you? Can you hide behind the veil of satire? Has this gone too far? Yada yada yada. I think so, it's kind of becoming clear why they're not speaking. Right? It's it well, seems it, it seems to me that it's a case of it like kill their gimmick. having your cake and eating it too. Right? Mm. It's this it's this thing of like we're only joking. But the thing is, if you're looking at satire, like what are they satirizing? Like it's not deftly done. It's definitely kind of punching downwards. It doesn't. That's there's it no is. points like, it's to also it. Very like lowest common denominator, which I think is one really of is, and that, it's like, kind it's, of it's attacking communities. Like they're taking yeah, from yeah. hip hop so much, and they're also kind of belittling, you know, people that have brought that before. It's just yeah, it's not great. Yeah, and they appear to be, which was like the longest standing rumor that they're actually two posh boys. If you know, again, that's classes in another direction. Yeah, the they point went to St. Conlets. That they're very much, yeah, they're very much not the the personas that they're putting forward are in fact that they are characters and they went they're privately educated studied latin and went to a, a nazi school was it craig oh uh, there was this story years ago that there'd been a teacher in saint conlitz who i think it was a french guy but he was a, a nazi um like he was very much on board with the nazis God. and he spent three <laughs> decades as a french teacher in saint conlitz so what you're saying is first taller the second worst on the alumni <laughs> yeah. list then, yeah? pretty not, much not quite at the top pretty much. um yeah they've said nothing obviously um the only thing that they, they tweeted out recently was just like you know uh, like we know we've kind of been fucking around but we love you all blah 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 blah. Uh, you know they're outrageous and it appears the time is catching up with them from that point of view but again that point of view could be a bubble because three arenas sold out in seconds gig is going to go ahead I can't imagine the promoters care much more about this than the bottom line uh, could this be the end? Like, like yeah is so it- what happens say so the three arena I would say is almost too late to cancel but like what happens after the three arena like do yeah. promoters actively go out of their way not to book them anymore 
Or do they say here, here they're, playing, shit together they're playing or, or they're playing Marley Park now, by the way, because they know it'll sell out regardless because they have support. They have a very young impressionable yeah. fan base. It's almost yeah, it's almost like that. You know, I'm not saying they're alt right, but it's almost like that political thing where you see politicians going very extreme now, knowing that they're losing the people of common sense and the middle ground and popularity, but they have a core base of people that will stick with them regardless and love the kind of extremity of yeah. it all. But so the they scary, could have the a decent is, career despite yeah. being horrendous. Scary, yeah. But I was trying to think about it this morning. It was just like if you look at, so you look at, say, the level of versatile act, who's the next biggest rapper? And it'd probably be Kojak. Yeah. So how is that huge discrepancy? I mean, Kojak could probably do an Olympia right now, but like, how do you, like, they're obviously doing wildly different things, but is this, is there a, the picture this idea where basically they're providing like a type of hip hop or a type of thing that like even if it is like lower, lowest common denominator and even even if it is going for that like they are representing a certain type of young person in Ireland that is not well, I, th- I think it's funny that, that Craig was like you know not necessarily linking them to the alt-right but talking about the idea of like a public perception and a presentation <laughs> because I would almost go as far as ISIS mate because, <laughs> because here's why because you know everyone's like oh ISIS man they're just like fucking cave dwellers and it's like no nah, ISIS are actually make these like sophisticated fucking propaganda videos that I'm, 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 can I just clarify this point not, su- <laughs> not, not supporting the work of ISIS the they start band, executing the people on tape, yeah. <laughs> the metal band of the same name, maybe, but, but uh, the terrorism and women called ISIS grand. Yeah, Feel sorry for them, not for me. <laughs> um, but essentially, what I'm trying to say is that, like, versatile shot to fame off the back of like these really like well produced, edited short films that are masquerading as songs, and Ketamine was the big one. And like, yeah. before you knew it, it had literally millions of views. And I was like, how the fuck did this happen? Like, yeah, there is a bit of a picture of this thing where it's like, how the fuck did it? Where did this start? Yeah, where does this start? Who is it for? And I mean, ultimately, I think with the versatile thing, it's like I ha- we reviewed one of their songs on the show once. Apart from that, I have no, I don't listen to them. Like, I, like I yeah. don't sit down and listen to versatile. I couldn't tell you much about them. Uh, I agree with the backlash. I don't support them. I do regret endorsing them. It, like even kind of passively the way I did and it was very much like we were there at like 9 o'clock on a fucking Friday night caught up in the moment well yours, your through, thing was more about the, 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 the kind of phenomenon of it and the size of the crowd and, and, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. and that is I mean, granted, that sorry. is what it's worth writing about because yeah. but like, also I'm not going to let myself off though because I did recently like write a thing about their longitude highlight reel without even fucking watching the entire video it's just like you know, this will work on the side I've got to write some fucking content <laughs> and I, 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 I take blame I, I take responsibility fine Dave you're cancelled alright <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to cancel the person you've got to cancel me first <laughs> sorry uh, yeah no I mean that, and that is the thing it was like we saw that show in Electric Picnic and it was the most energetic and the most happy I'd seen a crowd and I could not believe that it was an Irish artist who was doing it that I like had barely known mm. uh, like I didn't realise how massive a deal that they were when it was coming up And you were the one who was really turned to me being like there's something happening here yeah, look yeah. around you this is energy and I will say this right I mean, this sure, is I remember energy that, I mean, even the piece, there was <laughs> like, a direct quote there was like a, a father walking with his kid like out of the fucking high five <laughs> <laughs> on the way out so I did <laughs> that literally happened I mean that's mental like, is, also, it, is it just that people just didn't didn't listen to the lyrics so don't give a shit is it like well that's I don't the know. classic Patrick Bateman problem isn't it man yeah. no one really listens to the lyrics but they should yeah. but here's the thing right? so like, I think ultimately it should be said as well that there is no excuse whatsoever for no. uh, white people using racial slurs even ironically it's just no excuse for it but I mean, like, don't try and defend it even though people are doing so which is fucking horrendous and people, it's one thing to be like 16 and thinking this way it's quite another to be like on Twitter shouting down black people and it's like what the fuck <laughs> that's it doing but what i will say is this from that time i was there the crowd there was there was a sense of of communal like kind of warmth and togetherness that's what that's what i felt in that tent that day i didn't feel violence i didn't feel whatever and i'm not saying that it's okay i I think it's better if their fans are educated because obviously they aren't and versatile are putting out a message of frivolity 
through like I guess kind of discrimination and cultural appropriation and worse. You yeah, know, like yeah, yeah. They, 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 they mock the handicapped, they fucking uh, like mock other races and like it's 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 meant to be like, you know, I'll lighten up snowflake and it's just like nah. I mean like you know, it's a it's a really good like thing it, that they're being called out in this stuff right now. Yes, it is, people but, will but like, see it. But where, I don't know where it really goes. I think ultimately, like, it is difficult to go back and apply a 2019 lens to things from years and years ago. But obviously, this is happening right now, and people have had enough and not really standing for it. It is interesting that it takes them selling out three arena for this to become a thing because it's been there for a couple of years, and they've they've had high profile supporters like Rubber Bandits, who's been fucking blind boy, who's been like selectively deleting his old tweets about them. Has <laughs> <laughs> he actually? Of course, he fucking has. Yeah. And then he mysteriously did a big thread about that oh, was hilarious. Here, here are all yeah. these great rappers in the country, yeah. by the way, which I'm doing for no reason. <laughs> like, come on! I mean, like, like I'm standing here on my fucking shit, you know. Like, we I mean, do the same, mate. Take off the mask, blind boy. <laughs> has he has he mentioned any of it whatsoever? And is you probably haven't seen? Uh, no, he, I he listened to the, the blind boy podcast today. He hasn't didn't even got close it to it. No, that's yeah. interesting. He actually he had an interview with Colin McGorman. <laughs> this, this okay, week, so. well that's understandable. <laughs> yeah. Good evening. Um, <laughs> let me be blunt. So yeah, essentially. Maybe it ends with three arena because there was talk. Nilo on the show recently did say that he'd heard they'd be hanging up regardless. That's before this con- the controversy happened. And also, shouts to Nilo because Nilo on Twitter uh, did a very short three tweet yeah, thread in which I thought he summed things up absolutely perfectly. And he got people coming after him, uh, which is insane. But he spoke very sensibly. Eric Cody has spoke very sensibly. A lot of other people have done so as well. Uh, Tebby Rex mm-hmm. like talked about it. Not everyone has. Some people have kind of put up the wall, and I understand that. I mean, Dublin's fucking tiny. Music business is a music business. You got to be careful. But at the same time, I think a lot of people have made some very valid points. I think in the mix of that, of course, there have been people doing what Twitter is, which is flexing for likes. And I'm like, yeah. calm yeah. the fuck down. It's not really your fight. But even me saying that's not really your fight isn't really fair either, is it? Because I guess it's everyone's fight. It's about standing yeah. here for people who are being put down. And I do think it's important when you see what's going on in the States, even the UK at the moment, it's important that, like, it's a slippery slope in Ireland for, you know, this kind of nonsense kind of. Uh, Fascist, you know, discriminatory nonsense yeah, you to can't creep in. Normalize, even through, yeah, a, a even stuff that seems comedy. like it's yeah. innocent, you That's need true. to put up a barrier at a certain point. So, yeah, it's good that everyone's spoken out. Yeah. Right. Also, one of them was pictured recently in a Halloween costume in blackface, which is not oh, yeah. cool. I forgot ever. about that. For Jesus. anyone who fucking does that, please stop. Or Dick Drake. <laughs> one, one of NWA. I mean, okay, so anyway, uh, they didn't put out an album in the last 12 months, did Versatile. If they did, I wonder if it would have made the Mercury Music Prize list because Irish artists are, in fact, <laughs> eligible, one of whom is on that list. Fontaine's DC with Dog World Album of the Year I suppose is in the shortlist Craig came out this morning yeah it did uh, along with other albums I'm just looking for the list here now because I've messed up my notes <laughs> Dave, the Dave it came out this morning it did Dave Anna Calvi with Hunter <laughs> Black Midi with Schlag and Thank Lime you. Kate LeBon with Reward Dave not me she just melted away <laughs> Psychodrama Folds Everything Not Save Will Be Lost Part 1 Fontaine's DC with Dog World Idol was Joy as an Act of Resistance Little Sims Grey Area, Neo, Saturn, Seed Ensemble, Drift Glass, Slow Thigh, Nothing Great About Britain, and the 1975, A Brief Inquiry into Online Relationships. They are your shortlist. Hmm, I think it's idols to lose. Okay. I think just being a big... You're probably right, yeah. yeah huge critical acclaim. I can never off call the back this of some, Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, here's the real question. Slow Thigh had a, a very big moment as well, though. That's that true. Dave yeah. as well. Uh, here's the question. Can either of you, or both of you, name last year's winner off the top of your head? Um, Will Fallas, no wasn't it? Because oh, yeah, I'm just uh, remembering yeah. the show, which was a really good year. album. So. It was actually, yeah. So probably, I'm just wondering, will they be conscious of knocking, giving it to a guitar band? Yeah, boy, Alexis Petretis has called Fontaines to win. Oh, has he? That's interesting. Um, Eight on to the one, apparently. 
on the judging panel, Stormzy, um, Jamie Cullum. <laughs> Jamie Cullum? Yeah. My buddy Little Jamie Cullum. Jamie You've Cullum. also got George Smith and Annie Mack on there. Yeah. So, um, decent panel. Gaz Coombs. Yeah. I I don't know. Does the big matter? discussion... The big No, it doesn't. The big discussion today, I think, on Twitter <laughs> was that like there hasn't been a Scottish entry in years. And I think everyone in Scotland was just like, oh, you just give it to Young Fathers and then forget about Scotland for the rest of time, do you? Are there any of the answers? Yes. <laughs> this is like the choice prize in Northern Ireland all over again. Yeah, yeah. essentially. Um, um, what can you do? It's, does it do much for people's career? I don't think it does really, does it? There was that whole curse actor, for... Right? Yeah. I mean, it might do well for Fondue. Dahi, who would you pick if you were on the panel to win from that list? See, I haven't listened to half of these. Craig, um, who would you so pick? <laughs> I'd go... I'd go Slothai... Maybe 1975, although I'm not too comfortable with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I like Fontaine's. I like the Fontaine's record. I wouldn't uh, say it's the best album of these ones. Idols, I'd say, would probably be the one. Idols, yeah. Uh, Kate LeBon, that's a great record, but she won't win. I'd go 1975, who, by the way, have just released a song, Craig. <laughs> yeah, the 1975, which is like their traditional I saw opener. Your tweet today. <laughs> yeah, their traditional opener, which has like, it starts every album. It's got the same lyrics about getting a blowjob, but this time they enlisted a teenager to talk about climate change over it. Um, yeah, I suppose, you know, they have a platform and fair dues to the boys, but uh, it just feels a bit like, I don't know. I don't know. Is the album going to be about climate change? Is that, are we in for a concept album? I believe it's 22 tracks and out in March or something like that. It's supposed to be out already. Yeah, it it's was. It's called Notes in a Conditional Form. Yeah. I don't want a climate change album from the 1975, I don't think. <laughs> I'm not sure I want an album from the 1975. I'd wow. say most of the people who listen to 1975 are pretty on board with the old climate change, aren't they? Uh, prob- well, probably. Woke teenagers. Woke teenagers, I think. I mean, so I'm just. it is very warm in here, it, so it, if they it, could it. do anything. <laughs> Matty, if you're listening, <laughs> fucking push that agenda. There are actual rivulets of sweat dripping down my face here. <laughs> and also we have a lot... The climate change isn't happening. We, we, <laughs> oh my God, I can't fit with the heat. <laughs> we have a lot more on the show, including a fucking knockout round of songs to come and a half an hour long interview. So let's just, <laughs> let's just cut that new section up. Uh, is there any one uh, story here that we want to talk about at all? Otherwise, I'm going straight to songs. Uh, Ryan Adams doesn't know how to apologize. Yeah, uh, shockingly. Tyler, the creator, the is proud of himself. Lads, Tyler the creator is proud of himself in a heartwarming story where he beat DJ Khaled and uh, yeah. David Goliath. Which, fair thing. play to him, in fairness. Yes. Very, very good. Self-produced, which I'm So Tyler the creator of. is in the yay column and yes. in the nay column. <laughs> and the nay column this week is Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams. Yeah. And Live Nation. <laughs> and yeah. Justin Bieber somewhere in the middle because... No, no, no he's actually, you know, he's, he's all for it. And I mean, that's he's, he's been good, your week in news. Okay, so uh, do you want to do songs of the week or do you want to do this? Fucking Let's do songs one? of the week because yeah, World Cup sound of the summer is going to be involved. Only one place yeah, yeah. to start this buckle week. Buckle up for that one. I think. All right. And that, of course, is Corey Taylor finding his smile. That's right. It's Slipknot with the closing track off the new album. This is called Solway Firth.
So I says to Mabel, I says, I'm playing the song in my room the other day, and my housemate shouts in, what the fuck are you listening to? <laughs> and what I was listening to was some Slipknot Magic. Closing track, uh, we've heard kind of the first track proper in the form of Unsainted a few months ago, which is without question my most played song of the year. Spotify don't do data, but if they did... I'm wondering what the number would be for the amount of times I've heard that song. They do do data. They don't. They do. They don't yes, they, they do. They don't give you individual. The, li- in fact, at the end of the year, you're <laughs> going to get a thing where it goes, this is your most yeah. listened to track. In fact, yeah, that's yeah, what they bright themselves on. You've done your Spotify research for this, this, this thing. <laughs> what I'm trying to explain is in real time, lads, I can't go on there right now. Okay, that's true. And that would be I, a good feature. I have to wait until the end of December. Oh, yeah. So, Which is your new band. <laughs> she, made, she made me learn to love October <laughs> Waiting till the end of December Your friend since September And, <laughs> and waiting till the end of December What a, what a, what a triple bill <laughs> Losing the will to live in July Come on That's pretty good Thanks man <laughs> okay. That's my emo band now uh, um, yeah. Solway Firth What do we think? Uh, I quite enjoyed it Yeah Corey's doing some kind of weird Kind of pirate shanty stuff At the start of it And then it goes all yeah, crazy Yeah it's like a Celtic kind of vibe Which I'm not I, I, th- I liked it But I'm not sure if it was Kind of cringe He does a strange I vocal thing I think is I the liked best it. thing about this I think his vocals sound incredible I think he sounds On these two tracks I've heard so far And if you include All Out Life Which was released last year Which isn't on the album But is definitely being played In support of it um, it is I think his best vocals I feel like he's back since he's Iowa back. he's back he's like, back we're back and I love volume 3 but like he sounds he sounds incredible like the whole band do really it's like such well produced tracks and stuff and like I, I think with this one as well it has the thing that I really love from that last track as well which is basically it like it goes places like it doesn't just rely on the first big amazing thing that it's done it actually goes to a yeah. different areas it's kind stuff. of it's it reminds me of Iowa it's got that heaviness but also there is that atmospheric yeah, stuff happening yeah. so yeah I'm intrigued for the album which arrives on August the 9th now here's the what tragedy. was the story with the video by the way the video is That's a tie in with yeah. a new show that launches on Amazon the day this podcast comes out called The Boys which mixed with festival footage mixed with their performance at Download yeah so it's like a tie in with that show which stars Carl Urban and looks like too edgy for you mate it's basically it like super, super violent superhero satire which yeah. I have no real interest in seeing and thus the video is full of ultra violence. And, and it, does Solway Firth, do they live anywhere on the... Solway Firth is like on the border between England and Scotland. Hence, I think the vocal line that he's doing at the start of it, yeah. I don't I don't know the full concept of yeah. it. But yeah. the album We Are Not Your Kind arrives on August the 9th, which is the day that I'll be on a plane, guys. <laughs> so I'm trying to get the album in advance. It looks like it's not going to happen. Enjoy but- that trip, person sitting beside Dave. <laughs> 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 on an eight-hour flight, by the way. Oh. That headphone bleed. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, and my, in- my in-ears just stopped working, so it's got to be the overheads, I'm afraid. So hang on, uh, does that mean that I can rely on both of you guys to review this album? And not only just review this album, Depends but review this album impartially and with my spirit in the room. With your spirit in the room? Yeah. I presume you'll give us a, a, like a voice recording of some description. Oh, There'll yes. be several voice yes. You should do it on the plane. <laughs> I might. Yeah, you yeah. should do that. Man thrown off plane for reviewing album too hard. <laughs> <laughs> what did you bring in this week, Dahi? Uh, I brought in a track from YBN Corday uh, featuring Anderson Pack. It's called Or NP. I bought a Montclair coat for the times we're broke. I'ma wear it in the summer on LeBron James boat. Front row, dub row. We don't sit on those bleeds. Ain't your pockets obese? They won't fit in those seats. Ain't we like a cold team? Nigga Shaq and Kobe. Like back in 03. I was only like six. I was like 16. But I can give a 16. I can make a bitch scream. That's a bit extreme. I got a dick ball, bitch. I call it Miss Clean. Um. 
so YBN Cordy is a rapper from Maryland. Um, I actually hadn't come across him until this track came out, but he has an album out this Friday um, called The Lost Boy. Um, it sounds really, really good. Uh, he's really pulled out all the features. Pusha T is on this record, Meek Mill, Chance the Rapper, and of course... Anderson Pack, which is on this tr- track, RMB, which is kind of like the and opening. And J. Cole, don't forget. Uh, yeah, yeah, on and, production. Uh, J. Cole on production. For this track in particular, though, like not for the whole the whole record. Yes, yeah. But yeah. Uh, he's a really kind of interesting rapper, this YBN Corde. Uh, he has like a kind of a real musical kind of vibe to it. He can kind of sing as well as, as the rap stuff. So he really, really kind of brings the two things together. Um, the fourth verse in this track really, really stands out, I think, because... Uh, this isn't just like kind of rappers who are just like lending their their verse and they're just like sending it in or doing it from across the world or whatever. There's like an over and back verse, which is the fourth verse in this track. And it's really worth a listen because it's just done so, so beautifully. Um, they performed the track on Jimmy Fallon, uh, I think it was this week or last week. Uh, and it was it's really, really worth to watch as well. He's really, really good. He's just like a young dude. Uh, and he is, yeah, the, the album's coming out this Friday. Yeah. And uh, definitely worth a listen. He's kind of being held up there as a very lyrical rapper as well, yeah. like a rapidy rap and you know he's got bars which like he's been good but uh, there's been talk of like he could be a Kendrick in the making which I'm not quite hearing yet but and I, I don't think he has the team behind him to become a Kendrick either yeah. like, he's doing these like uh, on his YouTube there he's doing these like tour diaries and stuff and he seems very much like a kind of a normal dude who's just like okay, really yeah, really yeah. enjoying himself and like having a really really good time so he works um, really well with Anderson Pack here um, he really does Anderson and, like, kind of steals the show a little like it feels yeah. like he's a feature on an Anderson Pack song that's but true that's like, probably yeah. what he wants he wants that kind of draw they're, they're, their two styles work really well on this yes. though as well it's really um, really good I mean it's it's a bit. It's a bit blue, isn't it? Go on. It's a bit. <laughs> I don't know. When they're talking about whipping out your dick and stuff. I was a bit. My sensibilities were shocked. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not you too, Craig. There's there's a moment when Anderson <laughs> Pack talks about um, a woman claiming she's she got pregnant before he pulled his dick out of his pocket. Yeah. See, I think there's like there's some weird thing. Like the, apparently, <laughs> Hold on, the, no, okay, I, I looked it up on Genius. I looked it up on Genius, and apparently, it's uh, uh, YBN Corey was talking to his father and was complaining when he was in Europe about something, and his father was like, "That sounds like rich person's." Stuff that you're talking about there, like they've absolutely no problems, yeah. and I think Anderson Pack might be talking from the view of his father, <laughs> okay. which you know makes it all okay. Uh, <laughs> for a second there, I thought you were like, you know, I've, I went to the doctor and I asked the question, like, oh, but hang on a minute, pocket. I mean, unless pocket. He's, unless he's, like, so you're like, cut out, okay. he's making like some kind of double on. Uh, <laughs> anyway, the beat's really good. I think J Cole's mad Jay underrated Cole really as beatmaker. Yeah. The beat's um, good. Anderson Pack sounds like Anderson Pack, and left, yeah, and left no impression on me apart from that. Oh, I didn't know. There's a really good track that YBN Cordy does with uh, Chance the Rapper as well, which is also worth a listen. Mm. His album is allegedly dropping by the time this podcast comes out and if it is we'll review it next, next week. week however I should also note forgot one little slip not crucial detail because last Friday morning I woke up to a message on my telephone from Andrea Cleary of the Nile Nine podcast fame and she said fine Slipknot in Dublin I'll go and I was a bit hungover right so I looked at the phone I regarded it and I said where did you see this information and she said MCD have put it up and I said can you please link me to this immediately and she did and so it was legit and I screamed out loud and again my housemate uh, through the the wall said what just happened (laughs) and I was like a miracle Richard so Slipknot are starting their European tour in Dublin next year now the venue and the date hasn't been announced I I might know it, but I'm not allowed to say. When we were talking about it, you All said... All I'll say is, it's going to be good. <laughs> I'm going to be in the front <laughs> When we were row. talking about this this week, you were you said, you said oh, they're starting off their tour uh, in Dublin, which is great. Why why is that great? Surely... First night of the tour. Yeah, but They'll why... be up for it. They'll be up for it. Do you think? Is that like... Yeah. If you, want, you want to see a band on the first night of the tour or the last night of the tour? Now, I've heard you want the, the second tour, last night. Really? 
I don't. Is the first night of the tour not when they're as rusty, rusty as they can yeah, possibly? Yeah, no, yeah. They're on tour in the in America right now, especially in the oh, America. Right, okay. Yeah, right. they'll have the set down. Okay. I can. Yeah, okay, it's right. the start of the European leg of the tour that they're already on. That's all right then. Yeah, I can't believe they're doing wheelands by the way. It's weird. Great, <laughs> <laughs> I told you not to tell. Oh shit! Uh, <laughs> but I can't believe that, I can't believe that like uh, you know, it's not like they're just getting out of bed for their first show in three years. <laughs> have you been? Have you seen Slipknot? Did they sleep with their masks on? I've never seen Slipknot live. Dolly's never seen them live. No, I have not. When was the last time we played here? Jesus fucking Christ. It's probably been about eight years, isn't no, it? No, they played Belfast in Oh, yeah, I'm not, I've never been in Belfast. They played Belfast in Because of the troubles. <laughs> on account of them troubles. <laughs> they played Belfast in 2016, and they played Dublin in 2015. Okay. And I was at both shows. Oh, my God. And also, in the Belfast show, in the SSC Arena, right, before they came out on stage, when the lights went down, everyone's going fucking crazy, because it was like two or three weeks after David Bowie died, they played over the PA, Ashes to Ashes, in full. And all the fucking Slipknot fans were like, oh, yeah. fair fucking play, this guy's a legend. It was an incredible moment. That's great. And then they came out and tore the fucking house down. It's amazing. Blew the roof off the, roof off the place. Kasabian <laughs> are the only band in the world crazy. Oh, that sorry, blow yes, the roof yeah, off yeah, the yeah. place. But I think the new Tierra Wax song might, in fact, be a bit of a challenge for that kind of stuff. Let's have a listen. It's off the Lion King soundtrack, but don't let that put you off. I was always in the lead, who you wanna be, I'm who they wanna be, B-E-A-U-T-Y-E, never seen so much rage from a queen, rage from a queen, queen so strong thought she was a machine, girl of like your dreams, Sinclair regime, turn to the max, can't forget vaccine. Refer to me as a goddess, I'm tired of being modest, 100 degrees the hottest, if we're being honest, ebony, antibiotics, black people win, they say we're being demonic, angel in disguise, I hate I have to disguise it, why you got to despise it, rich in the mind, is why I'm making deposits, carry all the power, it's time to realize it. So yeah, it's Tierra Whack with an all-star lineup, including Beyonce and like six other people. Yeah. Right? Well, it's, I suppose it's a Beyonce track, seeing as she's track, curating yeah. this. Um, it seems like an alternative soundtrack to um, The Lion King. It's, it's called like, The Gift. It's kind of like, it's the, like Black the Panther thing. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like in that mode where you know you had Kendrick bringing on board people he wanted to give you know showcase to, platform to. Beyonce's done the same. This time around, she's given a lot of um, space and spotlight to African artists, which is really good. There's a number of them here. Uh, Moonchild, Sinelli, uh, Nija, uh, Yemi, uh, Aladay. Um, they're all pretty great on this, but I think Tierra Wack steals the show, the right? The song is called My Power. Yeah. And I think it's fucking awesome. It's so good. And so good. she's uh, awesome on it. I mean, it reminds me of going back to Black Panther, a kind of op sing. It just has that immediate energy. Yeah, yeah. And we've been, you know, we've been bigging up Tierra Wack for a while, saying she needs that kind of that main stage thing and what she's going to sound like when she's got the bigger kind of production and guests around her and she just nails it absolutely nails it it's an incredible track yeah. it's so so good and it has like a kind of like a a run the world type beat as well which I yeah. think like lends itself quite well to what Beyonce does as well it's really really hypnotic really really powerful um, yeah great track yeah I thought it was legit I really liked it it's straight Sweet. into my best of 2019 playlist oh, and now, All as, right. as the as the studio <laughs> continues to intensify, it's time for what I've described as Sounds of the Hot Boy Summer, <laughs> which is never more apt. So we have 16 tracks, and how do we come up with these tracks? Great. Yeah, so Spotify released um, this press release last month saying they'd made uh, a playlist of Song of the Summer contenders, and they're talking about the strong engagement they've seen for these tracks on the likes of uh, today's top hits, Rap Caviar. Um, they said it spans, you know, a variety of genres from country to in- indie. Um, 
it takes into account kind of streaming numbers, current trajectory, future forecasting, 20 tracks. We're not doing 20 tracks because we're going all euros on it. So, so what we did was... We well, immediately well, knocked out four. But first of all, there was a weird <laughs> thing where like they announced this in June, had the playlist. And, and they switched it up, yeah. They took out seven of those tracks uh, a week ago and put in seven new ones. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, we got to knock it down to 16s. So we got rid of four very ruthlessly. One of the ones we got rid of was Ed Sheeran and Khaled's Beautiful People because, because we just did the fucking <laughs> album last week. Uh, we don't need to go through that again. Um, got rid of Lil Nas X and Old Town Road and can I just say... <laughs> 80th remix? 80th? Yeah, the BTS the office, one. Stay right. in the office, right? Because when Old Town Road came on the speakers for, I counted this, the 18th time, <laughs> I went over and I fucking ripped the plug out of the wall. <laughs> Did you actually? No, I pressed the off <laughs> But it's the same thing. And I heard someone go, who turned off the music? And I was like, it was fucking me, okay? Because I'm tired of this stupid fucking song. It needs to end. Needs I feel like away. it's just got to keep going on forever because it's, it's become a thing now. It's, it's like, like a, a joke. People are just like, like I'll joke, do yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It has like like Billboard or something this week was like like it's officially like the, the most successful selling song in like twenty five years. I'm telling you, the Paul McCartney <laughs> remix will be the Christmas number one. Okay. Get me, get me <laughs> so a, that's out anyway. Get me a fucking converge remix. Um, so that's gone. And we also we couldn't get rid of two other ones, so we had Cullum do it for us. Yeah, essentially we got rid of that track, The London, which is generic trap from Travis Scott because you know Brexit means Brexit, it's all about London. Um Daddy Yankee was gone because like yeah. Uh, you know, speaks for itself. So we have 16 tracks. Now, should we talk about, it's like a knockout thing that have been paired up. Um, We're going to play some audio, but not until we get to the final yeah. whatever, because it was too much audio. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, do we have... You seeded this. Yeah, I did see this. Well, I actually did a random generator thing. I haven't, like, really looked ahead. I don't, I didn't want to see kind of Okay, well, I think the best thing to do with this is to kind of go with your gut and take it as it goes. Now, listener, I need you to picture this as a last 16 bracket, as you would on Ortiz's great coverage of the yeah. World Cup or whatever. We'll whatever, lob it whatever, up on the Twitter. Whatever time they're showing. Yeah, we can do that. But even if we didn't, just, uh, I, I don't think we should just list it all now. I think we should no, go, like, no, go, no, we'll go, go by we'll go bracket by bracket so match one one. and again just to be completely clear this is for the no encore sound of the summer summer. now should we talk what are our criteria here are we going our favourite tracks does a a summer song have to be a bit of all these things I think First, I think I think one of the things that I want to see out of the sound of the summer for no encore. Hang is on, I'm going to stop you for a second. Eve, can we get some jaunty sound of the summer football-y kind of sport, <laughs> like you know, beat music here for for this? Okay, go. Like what I really, really want out of one of these, one of the one of the qualities that I want out of the sound of the summer for no encore is the reeling in the years effect, which is basically if I look back on this year, that's a track. This song is the thing that soundtracks that summer, so yeah. that's important to me. Second of all, it obviously has to represent us as people, I think, and our opinions. <laughs> okay. Obviously, what else? It needs probably. Does it need a certain vibe? I mean, it definitely like needs a certain vibe. Does like it a, have to a, be upbeat? Not necessarily. A but sound I think of a summer trap does have to have a summery thing about it. It does. A kind I'm going of, full, a bit of a bop to no, it. A I'm kind going of full Diego Maradona. Maradona on this. And I'm, just, go, I'm just going out onto the pitch and playing my best football. All right, all right okay. and seeing okay. what happens, you know. And you I, have, know. I have no football puns or <laughs> jokes or anything. <laughs> I so wouldn't I'm, call I'm that a football pun or a joke. Round one is Katy Perry's "Never Really Over" yeah. versus "Press" by Cardi B. 
So, right. Never Really Over by Katy Perry was a track that came out when we were in Norway. I remember Dahi kind of raving about it, saying, like, surprising chorus. Brilliant chorus. The chorus is pretty good, even if it is extremely close to Macarena, but, you know, you can't have everything. Macarena? What? Are you, are you, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> Rhythmically it is. I don't yeah. think the melody is. Yeah, um, and it has that big synthy thing that we love. Yeah, it's based on that Dagny song as well. Yeah, which um, yeah. was Scandinavian all songwriter. Something I speak to Orla Garton about on the interview coming up later, guys, uh, if you're not fast-forwarding through this segment rapidly. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, we're, if we're putting Katy Perry Never Really Over up against Cardi B Press, which is a, a fairly by-the-numbers Cardi B track that sounds like Cardi B, it's not even her best Cardi B track, I would say that Katy Perry definitely wins this one. I'm it has to that. be. It's oh, to be. hold on. I'm countering that with this. One, Katy Perry is, is and will always be and has always been a nothing. Your favourite artist. A, a nothing artist. <laughs> Second of all, outside of the chorus, this is pure garbage and the chorus itself hasn't held up over two months. What's your defence over Cardi B's press? Yeah. I like it. And you know I don't you like her. You actually, what? I think it's this is such a like retread of stuff she's been doing. Like, yeah. Bodak, Bodak Yellow. This, press, press, yeah. press, press, press. It's press, her press. giving like, out about the press. Yeah. And I, 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 I like that, that bit. nothing to do with summer. I like the ding well, dong. Hey, are you, are you driving along well, going to the beach? Yeah. We, we didn't pick the songs. Spotify takes Yeah, but like we have to decide from here, don't we? Yeah, like those big sy- like synths on the Cardi B thing. It's like a Drake kind of like fuck them all. I'm upset. Well, look, like yeah. wintry. There's nothing here, summery. There's nothing good natured about it. We, at least for round one, we got to be ruthless, and it's, it has to be a kind of a point system. And so both of you okay. guys have gone Katy yeah, Perry. Katie Perry. I right? haven't, but Katy Perry goes through. Okay, fair. Great. Round two, Craig. Round two, and we've got Billy and Bieber. <laughs> it's bad guy. It's the remix with our favorite Justin, our second favorite Justin. Um, and it's up against Post Malone's Goodbye with Young Tug. Yeah. Um, so, uh, again, kind of on the Lil Nas thing where, like, the remix now has more power than it's ever had, I think, ever, really. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's this, is, this is a 2019 to... trend, which might be a, a thing in its mm. favour. Uh, yeah. And also, like, this is very, like, let's get Avengers Endgame back into the cinema yeah. so it can beat Avatar type situation. However... I first of all, you know, I like Billy Eilish. I like Bad Guy. Even if it was memed to death, I still think it's a mm-hmm. good tune. I really like the Bieber verse. I think it's really good. Yeah, I. Do you know what I think doesn't work about this? I don't think they have a kind of chemistry on it. I would this like. Is, yeah. I oh, would he, like. He's Bieber. skyped in. Like, <laughs> do you know? What, no, but I would like. I would like just Bieber on this track. Or, or like, really? I obviously love the original. I mean, but I think when they're mixed, for, for they're me, just, like, like he's doing that kind of shiny, like well, don't give a fuck thing. thing, and she's doing the emotional, breathy ASMR. Yeah. I think for me, it just proves more and more that like the tone of Billie Eilish's voice and the way she's produced makes her stand out so much yeah. more. Like that song is a fantastic pop song, regardless of who sings it. But it almost proves it more when you listen to Justin Bieber basically covering it, kind of thing. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I like how kind of meta it is as well of him, like just kind of talking about himself, and we know that she like idolizes him, but yes, also yeah, it's still yeah. about her, and it, there's some weird fluid stuff and going a on. Passing of the torch thing as well. Even I mean, he does drop yeah. a skirt, which I don't really like, but I'm coming around to just. Justin as well. I, wasn't sure I like who that it. Was. I, I wasn't sure who to, who to put the blame on it, but I will say this: it reminded me of the fact that when you strip away all the bullshit, Justin Bieber's got some fucking great stuff. And the last album he made, Purpose, I thought was great. I thought the first five tracks in that are as bulletproof a first five track run mm. on a pop record. Sorry, is get. an unbelievable track. There's so many great songs in that album, and, and it kind of reminded me of like, yeah, you know what? This guy actually has power in there like and like he shows up does a good job reminds, he's charismatic reminds like, you that he's good yeah as for post malone i mean like it's 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 a not as good version of better now which is the best version of post malone i suppose it's I mean, a version of so many songs like that chord progression is used constantly it's like a sam smith kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. it's the most polished i've heard him i think it's well executed it's but bad, it's such it's a tune. it's kind of a and again, nothing feel like a summer track 
Yeah, young you talk. To, you, 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 like you're clinging to this. It has to. Like I, I know the word summer. <laughs> I cling is to in, what I want. Thank in you very the much. Title. Oh, really? okay, wow. <laughs> so he's uh, hitting back at me for uh, for my I will not be produced. Dog. It is a bit <laughs> crack in the WhatsApp group. It is me. a bit middle of the road. Like it's well, it's middle of the road in a universe where this Fred Durst was like the unanimous. It's, it's, it's Billy okay. and Beaver. Yes, yeah. Three to the next round. Right. Okay, grand, cool. Round three, we have Claro and Bags, a track that I introduced Doggy to on a sun. Soaked car ride home. Oh, will that go in its favour? Two months ago. We'll find out in 30 seconds. <laughs> well, we don't know because the next track has the word summer in it and thus Dahi's probably already made up his mind. <laughs> <laughs> this is, it's, it's, it's Martin Garrix and Summer Days. Uh, it, the interesting thing about this playlist, which we've been listening to for the last uh, 48 hours, is that some tracks stick, some tracks don't. I can't pick this Martin Garrick song out of a lineup, and, if, if, I, and if, I love the Claro song. It's one of my songs of the year. So it's one easy, of my songs of the easy year, win so. for easy, me. Easy yeah, one hundred percent. To be fair, I mean, if if we name the 2019 Sound of the Summer song as a Martin Garrix and Macklemore song, like I think we're looking. Oh, fucking... is this one with Macklemore? Yeah, Macklemore's yeah, yeah. on a Fallout oh, okay. Boy. And follow up boy. And it's such. Oh. Do you know why you don't? Because you wrote down Martin Garrix. That was where I'm yeah, I didn't have no, space fair, on the bracket. I, 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 I kind of <laughs> like. I kind of like some of this one because, like, as cheesy and stupid and throwback as it is, Patrick Stump's got a good voice. Macklemore's my boy. It's got that falsetto hook, which is good, but it's just Arabella by Arctic Monkeys. Does I think it's them trying to like. It's called Summer Days. They're trying to engineer the perfect summer song. Like yeah, it's yeah. Cr- it's basically. Daft Punk at a certain point, Does right? It, it goes into that funky fucking Nile Rodgers thing. It does, yeah. It's yeah. Ho- like there's so many, which like, is surprising for Martin Garrix as well. Yeah, but there, there's like loads of marks they're trying to hit that, like, this is your fucking perfect summer song. So Does not it, for me. I think Claro's song is incredible. Obviously, Ross on production. Yeah. On that Macklemore track, there's uh, a really funny line that he says, which is, uh, "We wake up, we have sex, and then we go back to sleep." <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking great. Put it true. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> all, all good arguments. But ultimately, Clara wins 3 0. Clara's a brilliant yes, track. Yes, yes, yes. Up next, it's cancelled with Truth Hurts <laughs> and. <laughs> Redacted. Also known as Lizzo and Machine Gun Kelly, star of the summer, fresh from the Motley Crue film, with I Think I'm Okay. Yeah. Also with Youngblood and Travis Barker on this. <laughs> See, one. again, your brackets are, are shutting. You, I've got them here, so just ask. You're There's a lot of features <laughs> in 2019, all right? <laughs> You're erasing artists on this. <laughs> uh, it's got to be Lizzo, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. a really good song. Do you want to explain why you said you called Lizzo cancelled? I've explained this for weeks now. Okay, I yeah. cancelled Lizzo because she gave out a bit of music journalism. <laughs> <laughs> this one... In a, in, That's in, it. In a, in a hastily That's formed tweet thing. that she later apologised for. I, think that, I also think this song is... <laughs> I haven't forgiven her for it. This song is really interesting because it's been out for about two years. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. now eligible but for a Grammy or whatever. Like, yeah. It's come back around. like It's a really slow burn organic one. It's creeping up the charts in the US. Yeah. So I this actually might be like legit song the, one of the major breakout artists yeah. of 2019 as well. And the other one is like Youngblood, what is he? I don't I don't know. Um, it's very like Mike Shinoda's version of a summer, isn't hey, it? It's, a, it's an all-female sweep so far. You can't say that this podcast is <laughs> women. Up next. I respect you cancel Lizzo because <laughs> clearly I'm coming around. <laughs> Up next. <laughs> Shawn Mendes and Camila Cabello with Senorita. 
and Marin Morris with The Bones. Marin Morris, who Christian Tierney was recently on tour with. Take, oh, really? Take, taking photographs, yeah. yeah. And I was like, I was oh, like, Christian. Yes. That, oh, yeah. I said to him, I was like, Christian, I must confess, I'm not sure who Marin Morris is. And he goes, no, you know her, because she's on that huge track, The Middle, Meet Me in the Middle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which isn't her track, but she's a feature, is that right? Yes. But she apparently is a Zed. huge She's like Zed a big Nashville the, star. She's a huge yeah. deal. Yeah, 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 massive, yeah. So, And this was a track that Cullen wanted to get rid of, but you saved it, Craig. Why? Um, for the sake of diversity, I thought it added something new to the mix, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this has the the reeling in the ears effect that I was I was so it's the winner, is for. It? <laughs> no, no, no. So, but but regardless of that, it's not a great song. This is the one that um, I said earlier on reminded me of West Side by TQ oh, yeah. melodically. <laughs> Colin was listening to it earlier and loving it. Um, now that is a song of the summer. Uh, this is like just a metaphor, simile, overload. I don't understand what she's saying about if the bones are good, the house is still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a mixed metaphor. It's like really earnest trying to be an anthem, therefore I don't like it. Um, And at the same time, the Shawn Mendes track is kind of rubbish. I think Senorita's a good song. Do you really? As a cheesy summer song. I think it works. No, I like the vocals. It's totally vapid. Yeah. But there's something about it that kind of, it's infectious to me. Against my better judgment, I like it. It's very by the numbers to me, but uh, I think it's good. I don't have a a, a horse in this. It's it's crept up on me, that Senorita song. Yeah, I think as manufactured pop, which there's nothing wrong with, by the way, don't come at me, uh, goes, and for very much like TaylorMade, let's make these people stars, let's advance them further, Senorita does the job, and it's listenable. It's good, that bass line, they take that bass for a walk. Yeah, I'm going for it. (laughs) That's two to nil. All right, Senorita goes through, okay. So, what's up next, Greg? Uh, Yonaka with Rockstar, they're a band from Brighton, which surprised me, four-piece, that want to... Conquer the world, essentially. I think we're looking at another Imagine Dragons. Um, and Lil Nas X's effort, Panini, or Panina, um, which is... Panini. Is a Panini, yeah. okay. Um, which is not about Sandwich, it's about some character in a TV show, and it's about his fans. And it's based on a Nirvana song in Bloom. I really, really liked Panini. <laughs> Did you? I really, really like it. Even the whistling at the start, I think, you? Yeah, I, I, th- <laughs> I, think, I think the beat itself is unreal. I think it's really good. And it has a really good boy band chorus, I think, which is very, very nice. Yeah. Um, the Yonaka track, while it's good, uh, has like kind of that real kind of driving, kind of Robin kind of effect to really like. But uh, I think the chorus is really disappointing. The lyrics ruin it for me. Yeah. It's totally like... It doesn't seem to be ironic about wanting to be a rock star and yeah, take drugs. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah. I'm like, what? Even Chad Kroger doesn't want to be a rock star anymore. <laughs> like, Well, no, hang on. <laughs> so essentially, I have a problem with Panini because like, I resent the fact that it's very clearly tailor-made for a million remixes and let's add features onto this because it's about two minutes fucking long. But it makes an impression. Um, even it's though a good track. It's not the, like, so like, that album is kind of a train wreck and I kind of agree where Pitchfork came down on it. Like He's really more of a meme than a musician. Uh, family is the best track on there because it kind of taps into that kind of Blink-182 type thing but here's the thing right this taps into the, the Lil Peep thing a little bit but but it really really underlines and illustrates that while Lil Peep definitely was a bit of a fucking flash uh, and obviously died tragically young and that added to the whole thing and I can understand when people would listen to his music and be like not that into it and I didn't love every track I heard but I think Kiss is fucking amazing it just goes to show you that like, Lil Peep did have something he had serious potential mm. Lil Nas X doesn't but yeah. this track is inoffensive so for me it goes through Okay. Yeah, yeah so that's fair. All right, Panini. Lil Nas X. All right. Uh, so then next up, uh, we have Tyler the Creator's Earthquake versus Big Capaldi. That's right. Someone the, you love. The most summary song of all time, which came out last <laughs> year. It's Someone You Loved by Lewis Capaldi. My mate. Been uh-huh. him twice. Great man. Funny dude. Rubbish Old song. song. <laughs> Do you hate the song? Uh, I dislike it. 
I think as these songs go, and I ain't saying it ain't middle of the road, but I think as these songs go, I think it's really effective. As a rewrite of every Adele hit, yes, it's very good. Ah, it's better than Adele's ever written. No, it is not. It's I'll a tell you total what it's not, facsimile of Adele. It is not a summer bop. That no, is it's not. fucking certain. And it's been for around it. for feckin' ages. For <laughs> not in a good here. Lizzo way. <laughs> I fought for it, mate. It's got, it's got some really nice lines. First of all, Tyler the Creator, Earthquake is an incredible song. Yeah, so the I day bleeds the into most... nightfall. <laughs> and you're not trolling here. bastard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get me through it all. Listen, I like Lewis Capaldi, but it's shocking how he goes from extremely interesting man into bland music. I let my guard down and you pull the rope. <laughs> I was getting kind of used to being Stop with the eye contact. <laughs> you loved. I'm putting through uh, Tyler the Creator here. It's a great Let's not Hold on, are you doing this? <laughs> <laughs> no, the title of the creative track smokes it. Yeah. <laughs> but I just want to clarify. <laughs> While the Lewis Capaldi thing is at, at fucking maximum apex levels of like, it's, it, it's time to maybe like move on from this, I think it's a really good song. And I have no shame saying that. But Tyler wins. Okay. All right. All right. Last up in the bracket, though. The big one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, where do you wild even... card? <laughs> it is a bit of a wild card. It's YG, Tiger, and John Z with Go Loco. Go Loco versus Go Loco. Dominic Fike with phone numbers. Yeah, uh, I don't remember how either of these songs sound, <laughs> and thus Tyler the Creator goes through. <laughs> Go on. I don't uh, like phone numbers because it's very like uh, creepy. Why did you change your number? It's it's not a summer bop. It's, yeah. it's a stop. Stalkerish thing. Go Loco, Go Loco I liked. It, it has much more of a summer bop vibe to it, anyway, for sure. It, it's kind of like a poor man's Rosalia, I would say. Yeah, it's it's got that Mexican vibe all over it. Um, it's also got a kind of yin yang twins hypnotic thing of just like it's very low key and the repetition in it kind of works for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the sound of like Cinco de Mayo, I think. <laughs> it goes through. Mariachi right. band fun. Put it true. Okay. Uh, uh, it's, who went through there? I wasn't paying attention. Uh, Tiga and okay, John go Loco Z and Ranji. Do we go in reverse order now for round two? Uh, go go get that beer from the fridge, <laughs> listener. <laughs> We're moving into the quarterfinals. Uh, I think we should probably still hold off audio, should we? Because there'll be a lot of drops. I don't know. What do you think? Should we get um, audio in now? We're doing this in real time. Uh, let's. Yeah, sure. Go on. Let's have a tune. We need a break. Yeah. All right, fine. Okay. So, uh, quarter. Oh, why, don't, why don't we? Do, why don't we decide to do them and then? Pl- uh, no, actually, no. Yeah. Let's just let's just do it. Yeah. Eve, I hope you can save this episode. <laughs> quarter final one. It's this. <laughs> Versus this. Katy Perry versus Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber. Now, so we previously oh. discussed the Katy Perry track and how I don't think it really holds up, but that course is in fact irresistible and very summery. 
Billy and Bieber, however, I mean, like, what a superstar team up here, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's a WrestleMania main event. I think in terms of zeitgeist, in terms of, from, for Dahi's point, when we think back to this year, yes. it'll be Billie Eilish, it'll be Bieber kind of on other people's tracks. Yeah, I would say so too. I like the kind of, whilst the Katy Perry song, the chorus is great, it's like really well engineered. There's a looseness to Bad Guy, which I think has a summer vibe as well. Yeah. It's a bit more fun. It's not just, here's your fucking professional yeah. pop song. It's I also th- about something. It's e- about, e- so- even, yeah, there's e- depth even there. Even him appearing on it is about something. It kind of It's like a narrative arc. It closes off the life of early Billie Eilish, who has posters of him in her bedroom. Yeah. And now all of a sudden it's like, of course he's on here. He's kind of lucky to be on here because yeah, yeah, while yeah. he is still fucking colossal, she's the coolest thing around at the moment. She has credibility and conviction. It works for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. It makes it gives the song a fresh new coat of paint. It cements her as the big pop star of the year. Whereas the Katy Perry one is just like ah, Katy Perry's back with a decent sounding Katy yes. Perry song. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would say like on on paper, Katy Perry the Katy Perry track is probably like on paper a more summary track. But I would completely agree with you in I saying really that. I hate those verses, man. They're so annoying. The build is terrible. And also, I, I think. But it's still, it has like that positive kind of up, up building thing. But I will say that the, like the Billy, the Billy and Bieber thing, obviously, as you just said, like that story is almost like a meme. It's also the track itself is like super memeable this year. It will it's be also, remembered it's everywhere. As, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, now later on in the in the game, we might be talking about like if it's if it's just one of the best tracks of the year or a sure. summer one. But we'll we'll save that in the bag for a while. All right. So All right. they go through, and now it's the two O's <laughs> as they like to be known. It's Claro Jesus versus. Christ. <laughs> it's Claro. Here's what here's what she sounds like with bags. That was Claro with Bags. It's a tune. And here's yes. another one from Lizzo. It's called Truth Hurts. Why men great till they gotta be great? Don't text me and tell it straight to my face. Best friend set me down in the salon chair. Shampoo press, get you out of my hair. Fresh photos with the bomb lighting. No man on the Minnesota Vikings. Truth Hurts needed something more exciting. Bum, bum, be, dum, be, dum, bum, be. You tried to break my heart. So there you go. Uh, I'm sticking with Claro. I think Bags is one of the best tracks of the year. I love the Rostin production. I love where it goes. To me, it actually feels summery. Feels yes. like summer. Yeah, it's a it hazy, like slackery kind of thing. Yeah, the Lizzo yeah. one is a good tune. I'd argue that's not even her best tune. There you go. I wouldn't say it is her best tune either. Yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'd be sad to see Lizzo go, but definitely that that Claro track is uh, like. I don't know. It's my most listened to track this year, I think, so far. Oh, wow. okay. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I absolutely love it. Lizzo never had a Bags chance. it is. Don't come up against music journalists in the future, eh? <laughs> <laughs> up next, Sean Mendes with Senorita alongside Camille Cabello. Senorita, I wish I could pretend I didn't need you, but every touch is ooh la la la, it's true la la la, ooh, I should be running. I 
really got to nail down that pronunciation of her name. Is it Camilla Cabello? Is it Camilla Cabello? Is it neither of those? I say we say Cabello. Okay, well, that was their track. And they're up against uh, Mr. Lil Nas X with Panini, which sounds like this. Don't you be a meanie, thought you wanted me to go, or why you trying to keep me teeny now? Now they need me, number one on screaming, no, yeah, you used to love me, so what happened, what's the meaning? I, I thought you want this for my life. So yeah, this is a tough one, because to me, neither of these songs have a soul. Yeah. Senorita's the better summer bop. Yeah, but the 100%. Panini check is but again, the better you song. Can't cling to the summer thing. I know it's important, but it's not the most important thing. Yeah. Panini also so reliant on that Nirvana song that I can't, in good conscience, let it slide. That's probably true. But we, <laughs> but we, we talked about Billie Eilish about how she was one of the like the when we think of 2019, we will think of Billie Eilish. I mean, yeah. bef- maybe even. But I, uh, but I, I feel like Senorita's going to be humongous. Do it's you only think so? it's only out about three like a- weeks, and it's like. I think it's like number four on Billboard this week, yeah. and it's been creeping up one every fucking week. I think it's gonna have legs. Like I think it's that's gonna so end up being like the though. August. I, I, fucking I thing. totally get that it's the summer thing, but like, whereas the Clyro track is like a completely very like lovely summery bop. This is just by the numbers summery stuff, and I, like I don't know. I would say that like really now it's like kind of if we get into the no encore sound of the summer as opposed to just the old sound of the summer that Spotify is giving out like I would say that Lil Nas X that track is more interesting mm-hmm. and stands out a bit but I, I think, think I I'm in the go, minority here. I think I gotta go with the track that I've listened to the most and come back to to, to my great surprise and it is Lil Nas X disgrace alright well mark my words Senorita is going to be the song of the summer <laughs> All right, great. All right. Up next, nice. Tyler, the creator with Earthquake. Sounds like this. He's taking on YG, Tiger, and John Z. <laughs> with Go Loco, which sounds like this. Do we even have to? We don't have to. It's I mean, Tyler. He, he took down DJ Khaled. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> Tyler goes through. That's Tyler fine goes for me. through. Grand. Okay, so uh, take a breather, guys. We're into the semi-finals. <sighs> it's so wild. <laughs> <in the> studio. <laughs> Things are really heating up in here. This is not healthy. Like, and the office I was going to say was fucking roasting as well. Like, I've Do you think the fact that you're standing makes you like warmer because heat rises? I'm definitely sweating more. Yeah, I feel like fucking brother love over here in like 1980s <laughs> WWF. You know, it's not great. Um, also, we're only into the quarters. What? Yeah, four. You kidding? Still have four ties left. No, semis are two. Yeah, two n- and two, right? No, this is the semis. No. Do we only have four tracks left? Oh yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, okay, the sorry, heat has absolutely yeah, yeah. gotten to you. This was your bracket. <laughs> <laughs> 
Peter already would be ashamed of you. And I'll put this on me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Craig, why don't you spill it into the semis? I assume we're playing audio again, are we? Like, uh, No, we'll skip this one you now. You go for it, because I don't have nothing written up. Okay. We'll, skip, we'll skip this one, and then do the two the two head-to-heads. For the final. Play it again. Yeah, yeah. This is how it's done in real time, guys. Uh, so we'll go in reverse order again. So it's Tyler, the creator, who's yes. very proud of himself this week, as he noted, because he beat DJ Khaled, versus Lil Nas X. <laughs> now, I would argue that Tyler, the creator, has been an artist that I've found very difficult to kind of fully get into, and I'm seeing people even lately kind of celebrating the anniversary of Flower Boy, celebrating his latest work, Igor, uh, an album that I definitely need to explore more, because when I do go back to I do I do kind of be like, actually, yeah, this is fucking pretty great. Mm. I don't know what the barrier is with Tyler. I just There's something there in terms of I guess kind of the opaqueness of his music I can't really pin him down which is obviously a good thing for any artist to be you know it gives you kind of a a unique place in the world and I think Tyler is clearly a singular artist in lots and lots of ways uh, but I do re- I do kind of resist him, uh, which is annoying because when I do kind of settle into a track like this, I find myself quite mesmerized by it. I think this is an amazing track, and I think Lil Nas X doesn't have a fucking chance. Yeah, I think it's um like music versus the meme on this one, and it has to be Tyler. Um, yeah, yeah. It wouldn't even be my favorite track on the album, um, but it's obviously been lead single. It's way out ahead in terms of popularity of those tracks and yeah it's just the far far superior track yeah I think it's one of the most singable tracks on this list yeah. as well for sure like you can sing along to it really well it's it also, has that joyousness yeah, it's the kind of it's, yeah. it's also standing out as like one of the best produced tracks as well like it's kind of just really really interesting very very different yeah. nothing else sounds like that on this list so yeah I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to put the panini to the side wow wow okay. sad, sad times I do like that <laughs> track though times. it's a good, good track uh, earthquake. Okay. Tyler into the final. <laughs> Who will he face? Who would have oh, thought? Okay, this is exciting. So I just wrote sem- down Earthquake. Our other semi-final. <laughs> uh, and again, I, I want to just say at this point that if this has been really like badly put together, we are dying in this studio. <laughs> I think it's been supremely well put together, to be quite good. honest. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, doing, we're doing our very, very best, I assure you. It's almost as if the temperature is like on purpose <laughs> rising to get us through the quicker kind of thing. I'm getting really excited. <laughs> so, a reminder that we have uh, Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber with Bad Guy Remix. Fuck. Versus Claro and Bad. Oh my god. Uh, at this point, people might be wondering who the fuck Claro is. New enough artist. Uh, yeah. Boston-based artist. Uh, I think she's around 20 years old. Kind of made it big just doing stuff um, in her bedroom and uploading it. is wiping his face with his t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> a YouTube artist, I guess. Um, Rostam took note. He's been working with her. Um, and I think this song in particular is her most accomplished, I guess, sonically. Um, it's most adventurous, most polished. She just has like bags and bags of potential. Um, oh, the really? Album, Does she? The al- name of the song. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible Kill me now Oh god Her debut album's coming out soon It's called Immunity And yeah she's good Yes okay. <laughs> oh, It's a spectacular song it, it was instant It was the first it time was, I heard yeah. it yeah. First time we played it It was definitely that um, uh, Now the problem is That the Billy Bieber track Is very much Like a kind of I don't know It is definitely A 2019 yeah. Mainstay major song Billy yeah. Eilish is like Basically, the greatest takeaway from this year, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where so we have to we go have to back decide to our where we're actually priorities. what this list actually is. Yeah. Well, okay. What is the list? Like, like what is the <laughs> sound of summer? Maybe yeah. are we championing? <laughs> so, because we've taken it from a Spotify list that, by all accounts, yeah. I would say we would not have picked everything on this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thus, you're trying to be like, what is accurately put forward as the, the bop song. of yeah. uh, June to August 2019? Yeah. Because so f- we should decide, is it something we're trying to champion or is it something that we're saying this is representative yeah. 
Because the fact, that, massive, yeah. the fact that we've had to explain who Claro is yes. is probably yeah, not yeah, a great yeah. thing in its favour to be the 2019 sound of the summer, right? That's a fair point. And I think also, like, if you're looking at it from the point of view of, like, your huge pop songs and what's kind of held up and what actually has made an impact and what is kind of bringing people around. Yeah. Bad Guy is a fucking incredible tune. I mean, like I say, when I mean, it wasn't ruined by memes, unlike Lil Nas X, it didn't begin life as a meme. It kind of came there later. And it kind of became like the surprise hit off the album, even though like Barry Friend was the big single yeah. and some other ones previously to that. It's, it's had the most legs. The Bieber thing, while of course you can look at it from a cynical point of view, and I'm not saying don't do that, but at the same time, it has a depth of substance to it that I wasn't necessarily expecting. And I think he, I think he shines on it and he doesn't steal it away from her either. I will agree that it is a little bit sellotaped together. Yeah. But if you break it down... It could have been hacksawed, though. It could have been horrendously bad. If you break it down to the component parts and if you kind of stitch it all back together and throw it out, it's a fucking belter. It's kind of bulletproof. And I think it has to win. Yeah. Put it true. Claire will will get its fair shake in Songs of the Year, I presume. Well... At the end of the year? Don't know. But uh, yeah, I think so. Might not even a podcast of that, mate, mate. You know? All right. Studio burning down around (laughs) us over here. (laughs) The final! The final. Okay, we'll play these tracks again. Yes. So the first track in the final is uh, Billie Eilish and Justin Bieber, uh, Bad Guy. The second track in the final is Tyler the Creator's Earthquake. Tough one. Yeah, it is. It is a tough one. You're torn now between the idea <laughs> of credibility and cool and like exactly, a, and a yeah. very no encore pick I'm, for I'm the looking winner. At, I'm looking yeah. at the top of this bracket and I'm seeing sound of the summer, but right beside that sound of the summer is no encore. No encore. You know yeah, I mean? yeah. No encore. I'm seeing the headlines. No encore. No encore. Yeah. Yeah. Such yeah. and such. Yeah. Their sound of Throws. the summer. Yeah, yeah. Do we have to give it to Get Lucky? Now, the, the, the problem... Yeah, Get Lucky, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the, the problem as well is that Tyler, the creator, did that interview uh, that was on our news that we shot by <laughs> and the Beats one thing and he was singing Billie Eilish's praises the whole way through. Yeah, he was. Maybe he um, He was also Billie singing Eilish his own praises. <laughs> he was. He said so, he was very proud of himself. Um, that's null and void. That's null and void, right. Um, it's a, tricky a really one. tough one. I feel like... The more representative track for the moment is Bad Guy. I think Earthquake f- fulfills more of the criteria of your classic summer bop mm-hmm. in terms of it's got a hint of like ready-made nostalgia. It's kind of loved up. There's a kind yeah. of vibe of just, you know, youth and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, it's got that thing. Which has, Bad Guy's more nocturnal. And, which has the most reeling in the years factor, though. 
Uh, you know it's bad. It's bad guy. It is bad guy. But that yeah. isn't necessarily the defining, like... I mean, I think it's one of the important points. It's an important point, but uh, I, I want to point out to the listener that Dahi is now sitting like a courtroom gesture <laughs> in his chair, swinging one leg over. Um, yeah, I mean, I came Re- in... Reeling in the years opens, right? Fucking however many years from now. They show Boris Johnson giving his oh, prime Jesus. minister like an announcement speech, and, it's and they're like, playing fucking bad guy underneath it. I mean, oh, that's a compelling argument. I mean, earthquake would also work, but bad guy would work way better. And yeah. you could do a, like a, a high-profile reeling in the ears montage of all the shitty things. That but Trump you shouldn't well discount the avant-garde, no encore. Yeah, uh, this also I, isn't I sound of reading in the ears. <laughs> it will be, be next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, it's I, very quiet. Out I guess. There. <laughs> I guess it comes down to what you want and what you think is the ultimate kind of. Because of course, as you say, like this is not our. Like this is yeah, not. Our, it would have been a, cr- a completely different bracket if we just picked out of all the tracks. In this the isn't world, best but. tracks of the uh, of the half year. This isn't best yeah. tracks at the end of the year. Yeah. And our favorite this songs. Isn't personal it's, yeah. favorite. It's it's us analyzing. Uh, what the kids are listening to apparently and in some cases finding some gold and finding some throwaway stuff and I think we've come down to an interesting final because ultimately I didn't anticipate that we would have this kind of um, you know King Solomon style situation over yeah. here it's a lot of responsibility I thought we'd it? end up with Senorita <laughs> <laughs> you, need to, you need to let it go heart uh, oh, says, says Tyler head says bad guy yeah uh, and the blazing sunshine itself has burst into the room and claimed us and burned us to cinders and ashes and dust and has said Justin Bieber and Billie Eilish is the sound of the summer I think so I think so I'm gonna, it, is the, it's like it literally is the sound um, of yeah, the summer yeah I think it's I, I would like us to say Earthquake just for a pure like it's a no encore kind of switcheroo and like yeah, we're yeah, trying yeah. to champion this and more people should listen to it but the fact of the matter of that is if you're talking about the sound of the summer yeah, we're playing the game that was put it's in front guard. of us, Craig. Yeah. And we can say Tyler Craig is the man of the match. Can we say that? That's fair. Yeah, right? he scored a perfect hat trick. Produced himself, <laughs> signed by himself. Left foot, right foot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in a shock, though, the 1975 Greta Thunberg <laughs> was not the sound of the summer. Even though it would be the most it, important if they go. solve climate change with it. I'm looking around the studio right now, and all of her faces are like absolutely <laughs> red as fuck, so dripping with sweat, sweltering. Yeah. Okay. So congratulations. Okay. Well, to Justin wow, Bieber and Billie Eilish for their. Incredibly important win <laughs> as no encore's first official, first official. I don't know why I went to draw today. First official. Uh, that's me trying to do my draw to accent. I can't do a draw to accent, but it's, I, I can do one if you ask me. Um, hey Dave, when you go home, where do you get your haircut? Hey Dave, when you go home, where do you get your haircut? Ten cent a barber. That's how it sounds, baby. Wow. Okay. So yeah, that was yeah. that. Hope you enjoyed that. I'm about to pass out, but yeah. luckily I've pre-recorded an interview. <laughs> oh my god! This <laughs> <laughs> and we can leave the studio and let it play like some of Twin Peaks: The Return. Oh shit! I want to mention that. Remember last week I was like saying that new Nicholas Winding Refn show, Too Old to Die Young. Yes, I was yeah, halfway yeah. through and like maybe it's a recommend. Did you finish it? I finished it. I can't in all good conscience recommend it. Okay, good <laughs> to know. I was going to watch it last weekend, but I was like, yeah, maybe next weekend. So no, I, won't. Uh, I usually go to Craig for a primer if the listener is unsure of who an artist is as I'm imagining the listener might not know uh, but Dahi I'm going to go to you this week oh can God, you tell us who, who Orla Gartland is and why people should listen to a half an hour long interview that you edited yeah uh, Orla Gartland is an Irish uh, artist I kind of has be hesitant to say singer-songwriter because she produces a lot more than that now and is is uh, she kind of came to prominence by doing a lot of YouTube video stuff and has a very kind of uh, 
a really, really good, inspiring online presence for most artists, I would say. She's kind of always talking to acts. She's genuinely funny, which we always really like on, on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, she moved to London about two years ago, three years ago, um, and uh, has been working with a huge amount of different really, really kind of really good DIY musicians like uh, the artist Dodie, for instance. Um, she's a really, really incredible artist. Her songwriting is absolutely incredible. I think she's one of the best lyricists to come out of this country in years. Yeah, one, like she's put out an EP recently this year and... It has, for my money, one of the best tracks of the year in the form of a track called Inevitable. Yeah, I love Why Am I Like This. I think it's, it's excellent as well. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I would say that Orly Garden is probably quite underrated for the, the level that she's at, even though she has a huge, massive fan base. But it's all done very DIY, underground, a lot of like kind of online um, uh, fans and stuff who, who have a really, really good community built around her, we'll say. Yeah, I spoke to her last week in a coffee shop. I think the pair of us were kind of slightly hungover. So there was also a member of staff in the coffee shop who, 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 didn't, who, who didn't appear to enjoy us being there, especially when I took out microphones and a recorder and started recording. But, you know, that's what you do, man. You know, that's how it is. Got to get it done. Yeah, so she came after she did the soundtrack for the academic gig that she played in the Ivy Gardens and we talked about lots of stuff. We talked about some kind of airport-based disasters we talked about how she's been scammed recently or rather like people have been using her image to try and scam fans we talked about how she worked in the most infamously hipster job of all time yeah uh, which i won't Spoilers. spoil yeah, what that is yeah, yeah. you'll find out in the interview and lots more besides she's cool i really enjoyed it i hope you do too and that interview is here right now on no encore How the hell are you? What's going on? How's life? Life is good, thank you. <laughs> I am playing at the Ivy Gardens tonight for the first time, and I'm very excited because I saw Alanis Morissette there at the end of last year, so I just have like good memories in that room. And I'm extra happy because we had a bag go missing yesterday. We had a fly pack, so a kind of a sort of condensed version of our show. A couple bags, a couple instruments. Uh, the crucial bag with all of the expensive, <laughs> important things just didn't arrive on the other end. Yeah, did a TV thing yesterday and they hired in some things and that was fine, got through that. And then as soon as we got back to the hotel last night, it was sat there in reception and I just went mental. And the guy was like, why are you so excited? And I was like, you don't understand. This bag is so important. We just didn't have a show if we didn't have this bag. And I thought I was going to have to, I don't know, play solo tonight or change things around and... But I don't have to do that anymore, so I'm very happy. You also had an airport disaster involving a bottle of ketchup, I saw from your... <laughs> oh my God, it was so embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, there was a guy in Heathrow taking a litre of ketchup through, like a full-on litre. It looked like homemade ketchup. I just really don't understand when people don't know about the 100 mils. Like, I'm like, that's been around for so long now. Unless you travel literally once every five years. There's no excuse for you to not know about that rule. And he was really sad about getting it confiscated. I took a picture of him getting it confiscated. And then this security man just like appeared behind me and he was like, let me see you delete that now. <laughs> and I had sent it to someone and he was like, open your WhatsApp and delete it from there as well. And I was like, oh my God, Jesus. I felt like I was in school. I feel like if that happened in the States though, there'd probably be like a machine gun involved or something. Like, Get her in the back room. <laughs> yeah, he was quite chilled. And then actually after I deleted the picture, he sort of leaned in and was like, that was actually pretty funny like what is that guy with the ketchup doing <laughs> how do you find traveling in general because obviously you, you've moved over to london and you gig a lot around the world so like do you have any disastrous kind of tour moments or are you generally kind of organized so the first time i lost a bag this this was the first time i lost a bag i've been very lucky 
um, with that kind of stuff so far? Yeah, it depends on the tour. I do a little bit of session guitaring for a friend of mine called Dodie, and her tours are on a much bigger scale than my own headline tours. And so when we travel with her and tour with her, we're in this big sleeper bus. It's like a very different way of doing it. And you have a base and a bed for a few weeks, like a little coffin bed. Um, and so that's slightly different, whereas shows like today we're like yeah, it's me and Pete who I play with and yeah we're clambering through Heathrow at like two bases and pedal boards and this big massive bag full of everything else and it's a little bit more like haphazard and but today was the first time it went like truly wrong I don't think I've any, had any horrible disasters but when it comes to all of that touring stuff like whatever can go wrong just will go wrong of course, yeah. and so it's just it's just this constant disaster management how often do you get banter from customs people Oh my god, yeah, I one thing I was really nervous about yesterday when the guy was making me delete the picture of the ketchup. Above that in the same WhatsApp thread, I had written to my friend because I obviously they always pull the pedal board if you bring that through as hand luggage. They love that. It's pretty weird looking so I kind of get it. But just above that message that he made me delete, I had written <laughs> Sorry, just waiting to get my bomb board checked. Just kidding, pedal board. And then the guy was like, stood there watching me delete the picture. and was like, <laughs> <laughs> it seems like you're like, like there's a little bit of bad luck in, in, in regards to you kind of lately because you've had this weird thing where like someone's basically catfishing you to try and scam fans, which is going that around by the way. Was crazy. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I got hacked a couple of years ago, properly hacked. Someone got into my personal Facebook, then got into my music page, deleted it had this crazy 24 hours where I was like scrambling to get it back up because I was like, if I know anything about Facebook, it's that if I don't get this up quickly, it's just all the data is gone. And I, I had this moment where I was like, these people are all I have. <laughs> I've been working on this page for years and I'm going to lose all these likes. And I remember being in like a writing session with this producer guy who was like, I don't even use my Facebook. Like, just leave it. You can deal with it later. And I was like, no, you, you really don't understand. I know Facebook's kind of dead, but I, I really need to get this back up. And I did. But I have serious, like, I have such fear of being hacked again. Um, but this wasn't exactly that. Someone basically set up a very similar-looking profile. You can set up a profile in Messenger that's actually not attached to a page, which is weird. And it looked exactly like mine. And they started messaging. I think, I don't know, I've only heard about two or three people actually getting the messages, but there could have been more. And it's really sad. They started with, like, hey, I'm just reaching out to a couple of random people for a random chat. And then they kind of get comfortable and they ask a couple of questions like, where are you based in the world? I'd love to tour there. And it actually looks like reasonably legit. And then they go, how old are you? And then the screenshots of the one I've seen, the guy goes, I'm 29. And then it goes, and then it gets really serious. And it's like, oh, okay. I've selected you for a very specific task and you can't tell anyone. And then there's suddenly like a briefcase of cash that's gone missing. And it's such a ludicrous amount of money. It's like $750,000 in a briefcase. <laughs> But actually, yeah, I was reading them thinking I would have played it differently. Whoever did it, obviously, is just, you know, tries it on a bunch of random pages. But had they just said, oh, I'm just trying to independently fund my album and I'm really stuck. Like, they they gone for this briefcase of cash thing, which is where they lost it. <laughs> but up until that, it was quite good. Yeah, they went for the, the Bond villain kind of thing. Yeah, and it sounds stupid. In my head, I'm like, who on earth would fall for that? But actually, because there's all this chat leading up to it, which is quite believable... Oh, God, I felt so bad for those people. I mean, obviously, no one, to my knowledge, did it. You know, I don't know. But then every so often you do hear, especially older people, falling for the, yeah. like, what is it, the sort of Nigerian prince is trapped type scam. Or even like an email thing. from your mate being like, oh, look, I'm stuck in Croatia in a hotel and I have no money. 
like, please just throw me 200 quid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's scams that are going on all the time. And yeah, like when they prey on kind of vulnerable people, it fucking is I was grimace. thinking about why the amount was so high because that's where they lose it as well. $750,000, <laughs> crazy. But then I guess if you're, I don't know, as a business model, as a scammer goes, you probably want to get one exceptionally kind of stupid person to give a big amount and then it's worth it right? but then I think collecting smaller amounts would be yeah easier. start low you know aim high but start low I know yeah it got me really thinking about how I would do it um, which is would be slightly different but ultimately I just felt bad <laughs> yeah and you like you did like a kind of a short video for Twitter just kind of I mean is that like, like a bizarre thing to be like I have yeah. to fucking do this now I know I thought that was really weird but I think it's actually again I've been thinking a lot about it clearly but I think it was quite clever because someone at my level, it's is is you'd probably be less suspicious than if like Ed Sheeran sent you a mess. You know, it's actually <laughs> quite believable because I do just respond to everyone and like it is just me. It's not like Euler HQ. It's not like at that level at all. So yeah, kind of clever to an extent. But I, I don't want to give them too much credit. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to picture now like what Orla HQ would look like in terms of just like a layout or a building. God, imagine. <laughs> so grim. But you do have like a, a fairly kind of close relationship with your fans, at least in terms of online. And it's like you're kind of one of those people where like you tweet anything and all of a sudden it's just like whoop, like a million retweets. And like, do you I kind know. of like get lost in the social media bubble or do you have to just kind of distance yourself from that? Like, what is the. I used to. I'm definitely like a child of the internet and uh, sort of I was making videos from when I was quite young like I probably started making videos when I was 14 or 15 or something and I'm 24 now so I feel like a lot of my growing up has not necessarily been documented on there but like has ran alongside putting music out I think I have a healthier relationship with it now where I do see it kind of as work but I'm always talking about this with people who are in bands I think when you have a band or like a pseudonym or an artist name I think creating that separation is maybe a bit easier than when it's your own name mm. because when I'm on Twitter, I'm not always like, got to promote this song, got to promote this gig. It's just like, it is also just a lot of my personality um, and it is very like close to home for better or worse. So yeah, I definitely for a few years was, yeah, well, just on my phone too much, gave it too much thought, uh, was maybe a bit precious about what I put up, especially on YouTube, but I think but now I can create a bit of a separation. side of it I feel like I can keep reasonably up to date and move at the times and new platforms like Spotify or whatever when I came along like I want to embrace things like that but yeah when I see my younger cousins and they are yeah Instagram they only talk to each other through Instagram and Snapchat mm. they wouldn't like touch Facebook which yeah. I kind of get because they're just going to get scammed on there anyway is there much of that <laughs> at your gigs like do you find that people are doing the watching it through the phone thing a little bit maybe the younger people yeah I don't know what you can do about that. I know a few people obviously like kind of enforce like a no phone rule, but then I kind of, when I'm at a gig, I do f- find myself at a couple moments instinctively reaching for Same, it. Yeah, I would totally. never film a whole song or anything, but if it is like just a little moment, 
yeah, I think we are sort of trained to just be like, look where I am, here I am, here's yeah. a little it's bit re- of it's the favorite course. So like, that's yeah. not, yeah, it's completely reflective. Yeah, it's a little bit off-putting when you're on the other side of it, but I kind of get it as well. I feel it would feel hypocritical of me to. Is that what Jack White's doing now, isn't it? I, is it him? Well, there was this thing recently where like he gave out about people saying that he hates phones and technology. Wait, it's him that doesn't use a phone at all. I think apparently he doesn't have a phone. And then yeah. I think I think it's his gigs or someone else's. They're doing a lot of gigs where they yeah make you put your phone in like a foil. Yeah. Yeah. Kate Bush does it comedy thing. gigs do it as well there's like some Kate people Kate Bush is so sick of course Kate, Kate Bush does it yeah. Kate Bush <laughs> could do anything she wants <laughs> but yeah I don't know it's that it's that weird thing of like it'd be perfect but also it's it's a strange thing to just kind of shut off I guess a generation of people yeah and also people don't like to be told what to do so if you I don't know it would feel like school or something if you it's like you're starting on a negative phones yeah. at your gigs it would feel I don't know. I think that would evoke a bad response, probably. Yeah. But I said it before, but when I saw Billie Eilish in London there at the Shepherd's Bush, the second she came out on stage, like a wall of phones came up like something out of a propaganda film or something. And like, like it made sense in terms of Black like, Mirror. well, look, it's, it, yeah, it was very Black Mirror, but it was very like, well, these are kids, so it's fine. It makes weirdly, it weirdly kind of makes a sense and adds to it, but also it's scary. Mm-hmm. And there was just a kind of a sense of just, I don't know, like not even fun, but this mm. is the thing to do. Very robotic. Yeah, I can totally imagine them all sort of going up at the same time. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, Good gig, though. She's deadly. She's amazing. My, I have really young cousins that listen to her. And I'm just thinking, like, so cool. I'd so cool. Like, her, she's just amazing. Mm. For me, she's like, I don't know, when I think of the other, like, huge, kind of maybe more straight down the middle pop stars, you're like Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. Is like, for me, like, Billie Eilish is so far above that. Yeah. It's cool and it's coming up pop from a different angle, but yet like ten year olds are listening to it. Their tastes are like so. What were you listening to when you were ten? Definitely not anything as cool as that. (laughs) Busted, probably. I was really obsessed with Busted. I saw them live on their comeback tour. It was great fun, even if I felt very old just being there. It was so funny, wasn't it? Because Charlie was my favorite. I used to like have T-shirts where I'd like scribble off the other two faces. I was like only obsessed with Charlie (laughs) and his like amazing eyebrows, but he famously did this big thing when they did the remember they had like Mac Busted where they like did a like kind of super group thing with McFly and did a big tour and then he like was like doing all this press being like I would never do that like no way like I'm all about my other music and then like he just like started to appear and then they launched the Busted thing and I was like lol yeah I was like I was into Fightstar for a time oh my god Fightstar yeah. yes <laughs> that was sick then he started doing solo stuff and it was like he was trying to be Bonnie Iver sometimes he has a song I'm really obsessed with a few, um, well, I feel like I sometimes like overanalyze music, but I'm really obsessed with noticing like, you know, when songs sound exactly like other songs. And he has a song on that album that sounds exactly like Flume by Bonnie Iver. I know, I reviewed that album and I forget the name of the track right you got now. A fr- you got to f- need a friend tonight or got a friend. I can't remember. Oh I'm, I'm, I'm going to look it up. God, I'm, I'm going to look it up on my, look it up on my phone right tonight. now. It's so close. And the irony is that he actually names Bonnie Iver in the album thank yous not like personally he's just like oh I was listening to a lot of Bonnie Bear I was very inspired by it I was like yeah you were <laughs> how do you feel really... about that kind of thing of you know when it's really close yeah and have you ever almost gone there never on purpose yeah I've definitely like written things and then gone oh I've clearly just subconsciously nicked that I think that is really easy to do but then you also have to like stop yourself and be like this sounds exactly like that those kind of things make me feel quite uncomfortable 
especially with something like that where it's gone through a label, there's a team, there's a lot of people who... It's different if you make, like, a blunder and you kind of... You just don't flag it and then it kind of goes out and you're just, like, a solo... Art, you know, but there's, like, somewhere in that team they've acknowledged that it sounds exactly like that song and they've been like, that's fine. That's what makes me feel awkward. But it's really interesting seeing, like, have you heard the new Katy Perry song? Is this the one with the amazing chorus? Yes. That- the one that does over in all these different ways. So it's like... Yeah, and no, it's like coming over, and if you're coming it, over, then I'll be getting over. We covered it recently. Was it Halsey or no? It wasn't Dagny. Dagny, yeah. So that was really interesting, and I don't know if this story is quite right, but that is a really good example of Nick kind of nicking yeah. someone's idea, but in like a very above board. They went to her, yeah. Wait, like, they went to her. And we're like, we love this, and then they got her in on the sessions, and then she was, I guess, invited over there, and and she did kind of. But I guess it's fine if you're ripping yourself off. Mm. I guess that's different and also like good for her <laughs> like I don't know her but like that's such an amazing I actually wrote with her like maybe a year or two ago and she was really like impressive and brilliant but that's like so good for her as a writer and yeah it is very similar to her song but cool it's like Katy Perry good for yeah, her yeah so like if someone comes to you tomorrow and is like I love Inevitable mm. I'm gonna you know I'm gonna use the sample here's some money yeah if they were doing something like interesting with it and it would and yeah I think the main thing is that it's like above board like not that Bolivar is like expecting a call from Charlie Simpson or anything <laughs> but like hey man how's it going he's like waiting by the phone like how dare he <laughs> um, I think there is a way of nodding to someone else's work and also acknowledging that there's only so many chord sequences and so many melodies possible in the world and maybe there is maybe there is just a inevitable lull crossover but I think the main thing is just being yeah whether that's giving out writing credit or just nodding to it or in the case of the Katy Perry one which is obviously like a very high profile kind of version of it but yeah just reaching out to that person and making them actually involved in an official way like that's I think that's the way to do it Has it always been music for you or did you have any kind of fairly generic jobs? Um, always been music. No, I avoided. I mean, I don't, I have done, I worked in, <laughs> I worked in the cereal cafe in London for a while. You're fucking joking. No. The one that like everyone <laughs> yeah. wrote about, the Vice Cafe. <laughs> yeah. I need to hear all about this now, please. So actually it was really, really good. I had such a nice time. There's two brothers from Belfast that own and run it. And I came along after they had been like attacked so it had been going for a few years in Shoreditch and I was living near-ish there at the time telling everyone that I lived way closer but um, <laughs> ugh, it was really boring but I basically owed a manager my first manager loads of money out of the blue um, when I tried to get rid of him and I was like really panicking and I was like need some need some cash quick and I have the worst CV as in like it doesn't say anything on it apart from music I used to give like guitar lessons when I was younger but just never had somehow avoided weekend jobs and summer jobs and everything. And then went to them in the cereal cafe and they were like, your CV is terrible. And I was like hoping the Irish thing would help. Yeah, I was like, I'll put on shows in your cafe. Like you've got, they had a space up in Camden with a, an alcohol license 
and the ability to open late. And I was like, this is such a waste of a good space. And I've got friends with PAs and we'll just like pull, pull it together. And so I did that for them, but also just worked there and made coffees and served cereal. Wow. What's your go-to cereal? I like Weetabix. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like all the sugary ones, but that was like kind of the thing was like American cereals, like Lucky Charms. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, I actually, I mean, I wouldn't be too def- defensive of them necessarily because it was pretty spenny. It was, it was expensive, but I was re- it was a really nice place to work and they put a lot of effort into all of the like 90s memorabilia and stuff they were like sourcing it on ebay for years before they opened it so it was like almost this weird sort of shrine to the 90s but in a very like authentic way but it was yeah i i left i left it with like a good taste in my mouth about it because i would have been cynical when they first came out and they had that horrible channel 4 interview and everything but i left being like this is actually cool and then they opened one in dubai and abu dhabi after i left so they're like franchising it now and stuff Crazy. Jesus, yeah. No, it's weird because I came along and there was this immediate backlash to it. There was this immediate, like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Well, there was you? a Channel 4 presenter that, yeah, went in and put one of them on the spot and said, do you think it's fair to be charging Fiverr for a bowl of cereal when there are homeless people outside? Which I actually think is a really unfair argument. Yeah. Because why... And the, and the other thing that they got was a lot of, like, anti-gentrification, East London, born and bred, like, gangs, like, actual gangs. And they, they, before they came along, they attacked one of the cafes and they had like a pig's head on a steak it was like crazy a fucking cereal and they cafe threw a, yeah and they threw a brick through the window and stuff um, but I was kind of like really are, like are these people the enemy like if you really hate gentrification like attack a pret like don't it is it might be overpriced and you might not like it but it is an independent business yeah like so I mean, it's just two guys running it and like they were when I was there they were working behind the counter like they weren't like looking down from the ivory towers and like yeah, yeah. buying Porsches. They were like, like yeah. actually putting a shift in. So so London has been good to you, basically. Is the, I the know, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm pretty glad that I don't don't have to make coffees anymore. But it has been good. Yeah, I've been there for four years, and I yeah, I just I struggled when I left to make sense of the music scene at home. Honestly, I I, c- I can understand it now a little bit more. Yeah, and maybe the distance helps. And I come home a lot, but. Yeah, I was honestly just not very inspired by a lot of the music that was here. I didn't find myself like wanting to reach to make really good stuff. I found myself being like almost too comfortable creatively. Um, but I think some of the stuff that's coming out now is so much more exciting to me, and I would definitely definitely move back anytime. Do you feel like that you're part of that conversation, or because you moved away, does it feel like you're something else entirely now? I sometimes feel slightly on the outside of it. Yeah, I think. I have it as well built into me, but I think there's nothing worse than being at a Dublin gig and acknowledging that you live in London. And actually, I remember seeing bands, like well-known Irish bands over in London, bumping into them in Camden and being like, what are you guys doing here? And they're like, we've lived here for eight years, but we don't tell anyone. Whoa. It's like a thing. No one wants to be the person who like went to London and got really full of themselves. And it's such a stereotypical thing to do, to move to London to be a musician, I think. <laughs> it's such a cliche. And so glad I've asked them in that case. No, no, but I, I think it's I think it's interesting because I have it as well when someone's like, oh, I moved to London. I'm like, I do do this little internal eye roll and I don't know where that comes from. Sort of built into us, maybe. Um, and maybe it's not just with music. Maybe it's <laughs> Oh, it's the classic Ireland England thing, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's it's just very like, like oh, she wants to be a musician. <laughs> it's very like, oh, she wants to be on stage. She must think she's fantastic. And uh, maybe I do. I don't know. But it's interesting. 
Yeah, I would definitely, yeah, like I, I can make more sense of the industry that is here, but it was definitely in terms of like developing all the music skills, particularly co-writing. I did like almost two year kind of circuit of all the co-writers and producers in London and that, like I would not have been able to do that at home. But I think now I would, yeah, I would move back anytime. Yeah, it all sounds very good. I also miss it just it, all the time. You, everyone, you even the Ivy Gardens, like everyone's so nice, all the staff <laughs> and like, oh God, it's just, it is different. And every time I bring Pete, who's my MD and bassist and plays with me live, like every time we come home and do a gig, he's just like, this is just different. Like everyone here is so much more welcoming and accommodating. Is this a thing in terms of like, even in venues in London, like are musicians just not really treated as if they're anything special? Is it just kind of like... Yeah, and I kind of understand that. Like London, not just for musicians, but for like creative types full stop you're not special over there. And that's what I really liked when I first moved over. I felt like if I was introducing myself to new people here, especially when you're at the beginning of your career and you're a bit unsure and you're not, even, you're not really like owning what you do, you're like, I think I'm a musician, but I don't know. I'm trying to be. You're kind of doing all that skirting around it stuff when you meet new people. Whereas in London, you're like, oh, I'm a songwriter, or a musician, whatever. And people are like, cool, I'm building an app. Like, you're just not special. I think that's good, though. I think it's good, but it definitely, to me, uh, being a musician is in conversation what maybe makes me interesting, especially if I'm chatting to someone who isn't in it. So I don't think that is as interesting or special in London, yeah. for better or worse. I am a journalist, but there's times when I feel like I'm not because I'm like I'm not like a war correspondent or political reporter. So I'm kind of mm. like, oh yeah, I'm a writer or a journalist. Like, like I but this, isn't that I, such I an Irish thing? thing? Yeah, it really is. I listen to so I'm so obsessed with podcast but specifically like interviews with people who have had some success and there's a podcast I love called and the writer is which is about songwriters uh, pop writers mostly who've had a lot of success and they talk about their whole just like a to b journey with this guy called Ross Golan who is also a songwriter so it's like really nice candid conversations where he's like been in sessions with most of them it's like he's asking intelligent questions it's really nice and yeah, you hear some of the Americans and they just not like that at all. They just, I don't know, they've got this unbelievable confidence about them. And, and it's, I work harder than anyone in this town and I'm a hustler. And it's like every man for himself. And uh, I think that's so different. I think here we're like, I certainly find I'm like really apologetic. Yeah, totally. And I just think that's so sad. And I think London's maybe somewhere in the middle of, of the two. But yeah, sometimes I think, God, why can't I just... I do this full time. It's the only job I've ever had. I've done it since I've left school. And still, someone's like, oh, you do music, do you? And I'm like, kind of. <laughs> it's like so bad. I dabble. I don't, yeah, I don't know where that comes from. I think that was my New Year's resolution this year was to just own it more, not just with music, but just with anything to like not apologize as yeah. much as I instinctively do. I think it's a really Irish thing though. Did that fill in, uh, kind of fit into the new EP? I think so. It definitely fit into the process of making it I did I actually ended up having loads of different producers on the different songs it wasn't all recorded in the same place or at the same time it was like very patched together the only like constant was me being in the room and being like an insufferable control freak like sitting in on the mixing being not quite co-producing at that level like at that point but being very like very very involved not necessarily being bossy but just like being assertive and like, getting it closer to where I wanted to be yeah that definitely fall, fell under that whole bracket Last night I smoked a cigarette My dad would have been so upset 
tattoos by the coast And I just stood there like a ghost Maybe I'm an old soul trapped in a young body Maybe you don't really want me there at your birthday party I'll be there in the corner Thinking right over every single word of the conversation the uh, series of kind of yearbook style photographs yeah. are phenomenal. <laughs> oh, thank you. I love them. It uh, was so fun. Where did that come from? What was the... I got so carried away. Well, I we didn't have yearbook photos, really. It's quite an American thing, isn't it's it? Very, so, yeah, but even like the color, the, like the way the, the kind of colors are put in together. Yeah. Like that, that was my takeaway from it was that it looked oh, like sick. what I've seen in kind of movies, but obviously almost yeah, it's like very a... very American. Like a kind of a send up, a kind of a satire of that. Yeah. It basically all the songs, the thread between them, which it was sort of an accidental thing, was all very... They weren't really relationship songs. They were all very like inward-facing, identity-type songs. And, and specifically about... Uh, I've lived in London for four years, and there was four songs each written in one of those years, which, again, was an accident. And they were like... Well, I'm like 24 now, so like formative times. And I yeah, just wanted something visually that captured the awkward formative years and yeah. I felt like that was as close <laughs> as I could get and it was also so fun I shot them up in Glasgow with two friends of friends who were like one of the stylists and they were studying up there and then a photographer and like they just like yeah I gave them a very very loose idea of the yearbook thing and they just like ran with it and sourced all these props and we did it all whole all in one day and it was really fun. There was definitely moments where I was like, am I promoting music or am I just like playing dress up? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I also really, really didn't want it to be too... Uh, I mean, the songs aren't necessarily all very heavy and down, but lately I've really started to reject the idea of a singer-songwriter being like a, a very sad, heavy, serious yeah. breakup songs kind of thing. And I do have a few of them in me, but generally I want to have like a lightness about what I do and, and have a you know the live show is like it's got an energy to it I don't want it to be like uh, all the time <laughs> so I kind of wanted the visuals to be yeah kind no of there's like a knowing tone to well. it as well and I mean I think you know as well surrounded by incredibly glossy perfect photos of people which mm -hmm. they look utterly perfect and mm. they look nothing like themselves mm. and this was kind of like the opposite of that it just felt like mm. you know like these are really really well done but it's not no I wanted it to be like self-deprecating totally definitely. yeah yeah, I def yeah there was some like yeah I definitely couldn't be too precious about looking good on all of them otherwise we couldn't have used like half of them <laughs> <laughs> yeah and I mean like with the with regards to the songs themselves uh, Inevitable is the one that kind of jumped out at me the most oh yeah thank the you the video's fucking amazing as oh, well oh cheers it's so cool thank you like, and it was kind of like I assume there's an air of mystery about that as well where it's like it's like a home movie but like I was like oh is that her or is it meant to be her or is it like a originally I was the mum mm. so it's a video uh, where yeah there's like a child who is so amazing this girl called Rosa and then a mum and dad and this song is I said none of the songs were about relationships actually that one is the only one it's a breakup song yeah. and it's about the kind of slow acceptance of something being over towards the end yeah, I had like I've like independent scraping together like super budget, and my friend Guy Larson who like kind of directed it and came up with the whole concept. I say kind of directed it because the person that we cast as the dad shot most of it, so directed like a loose word, but he did the shot list and he edited it and everything. And yeah, he was really his approach was really interesting because he was like, it's too predictable to take a song about a relationship and then do a video about a 
relationship breaking down. I was just like so done. What would be more interesting and maybe even more sad would be to include this child and um, have her be the focus. And it's a breakdown of her parents' relationship and her kind of just showing how aware she is of the situation. And then she kind of, yeah, they go to this recital and she performs the song and then they're all like, oh no, she's singing about us. Um, but it was cool, yeah, because the guy we cast as the dad just shot most of it. Mm. So I think with music videos, my whole thing now is like you should either have a good video or just not do a video. Because like no one needs to see another like, gen- it's just so easy to make a generic video. Yeah, yeah like crop it's lyric so videos and stuff, which are everywhere as well. Oh, who watches those? I don't <laughs> even know. <laughs> It's easy to fall in the motions, just ticking boxes. You put together an EP and you've got to do this and got to do this and this. But, yeah, I'm starting to be like, unless it's something I would actually watch, I just shouldn't make it. Yeah, that's fair enough. I guess, lastly, what I would ask is, um, have you seen any Orla Garland tattoos? Do, do they exist? Um, yes. Um, what really upsets me, and this is quite mean, but I'll say it anyway. Uh, what really upsets me is when people pick bad fonts. Oh, yeah. In general, not just for my <laughs> tattoos, but I've just got a real thing about fonts. Um, there's a girl called Demi who she edited together all the yearbook stuff and she made a zine for it and she kind of does all my visual stuff. She's amazing. And she helps me with merch and she, I'm just like such a nightmare because I'm just like so particular about the fonts that I like. And yeah, it, there's been a lot, What I think is really cool and has happened a lot in the last year or two is people will be like, can you hand write a lyric and then I will get it which is amazing like I don't think I would ever do that for anyone but I think that's really cool and then it's like handwritten and I think that's cooler but when someone picks a lyric that I like but it's with a bad font yeah yeah it's like how do you respond to that it's on your skin forever and you picked like papyrus or something (laughs) that would be (laughs) which is worse than calling sans papyrus is the worst thing of all time yeah it's so upsetting yeah yeah it's so, so yeah, it's like who's so a four? So it's obviously yeah. flattering, like that's such a bratty answer, but it's obviously amazing um, that anyone would connect to something enough to be like, I want to ink my skin with something that you've written, but please let me improve the font <laughs> <laughs> in advance. Yeah, you want to you want to set up some kind of contact form on your website for like yeah, yeah. handwrite them absolutely all day. I'll send you anything, but just just be careful with your font choice. Awesome, Orla, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you so much. Thank you. Isn't fun anymore That was Orla Garland on No Encore. I'm glad she was uh, able to take the time. Yes. Lots more interviews and stuff coming soon on the show, of course. Dahi, you will not be here next week. I will not be here next week. Uh, I will be abroad. But, mean, uh, cruel, yeah, awful. I, I presume I'll be back, back the, the week after. But I, I fucking hope so. Yeah. yeah, I hope so too, yeah. I have to check my calendar <laughs> now. Because like I say, next month I'll be away for a bit. So but we are welcoming on Dean Van Nguyen to the show next week. Great. Who has a new book out about Ghostface Killer. Yeah, some woo chat. I'm excited. Yeah, he'll be telling us why you should buy that book. Mm. In the meantime, uh, this episode was engineered by our returning Sonic architect Eve who's just made her way through this episode what a comeback yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> tell you you know 
I, I missed her. Yeah. And thus, I had to <laughs> cobble together a sonic nightmare of an episode for her to deal with. So thanks. Welcome back, Eve. Love you. Uh, other listening corner this week, guys. I've been listening to lots of things, including a hard-style mix a hardstyle mix of Zombie that Tiesto dropped at Tomorrowland that was surreal, Festival, yeah. which made me hate music itself. And I got grief off Tiesto fans for writing a bit of a bitchy editorial about it. <laughs> uh, Dillinger Escape Plan's album, Miss Machine, turned 15 over the weekend, which is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Go check it out. Jimmy Eat World's Bleed American turned 18, which is an album that I absolutely love. I mentioned this on Twitter, but uh, I wrote about it in my school yearbook when I was in school. I wrote about three or four albums. System of Down Toxicity, that one. American Head Charge, uh, The War of Art, and a fourth one that I forget. And I'm not saying it was good prose, because it wasn't. But uh, yeah, so just so you know, I was I, I was a pretentious music dickhead even back then. <laughs> we all were. And uh, I also listened to an album that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, which is very interesting. And also Taylor Swift has a new song called The Archer, and I think it's her best song in a long time, even if it's just basically like a heated up Heim track. Okay. So I've been listening to lads, what about you? Oh God. Um, we're almost done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Blood Orange released a mixtape, um, Angel's Pulse, which seems to be just like cobbled together stuff from like the sessions from last year's album and it kind of sounds that way it's quite slight there's some beautiful stuff there as there always is but it's just like even Dev Hines albums have that feel of just like you have to take it as a whole and like somehow it works with this there's no real narrative tread there's some lovely moments I say listen to the first track which is a peach and maybe forget the rest if you don't have the time or it's too hot before yeah, speaking of too hot uh, before we finish I'm going to open the door and let it breeze in because it's going to feel amazing mm-hmm. uh, you got anything else this week? Dahi, what you got? Uh, I have, if you want another really good hip-hop album, you should listen to Brandon Banks by Maxo Cream, which is a really, really good record that came out this week. And apart from that, I've been listening to our exit music, which and all the artists, all the music from around this artist as well. Because, Why don't you uh, cue in fantastic. the exit music this week? Uh, we have a friend of the show, Tandem Felix, uh, has a new track out. It came out on Monday. Uh, nightclub, I sold my soul to the devil, which he's been playing in Ray. live. Uh, <laughs> he's been playing at live shows um, for the last while, and I absolutely love this track every single time he plays it. That's uh, great. And the video is absolutely amazing the as well. It is phenomenal, yeah. Uh, with an amazing cameo from Bob Gallagher, who's a very well-known director from Ireland as well. So uh, definitely check that out. All right. <coughs> I'm going to die. It's so hot. I hate it. Can... All you fucking summer truthers, by the way. I hope, you, I hope you're happy now. My name is David William Henry. <laughs> this has been No Encore. There will be No Encore. This is Tana Fuse with Nightclub. Brackets, I sold my soul to the devil. I'm going to go and throw myself into a fucking ice bath now. Goodbye. All right. With the washed up their offspring So confused In the upstairs Tied to the nightclub By the
podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. These days, we're all getting more screen time, which means we're also getting more blue light exposure than ever before. Too much blue light can make your eyes feel tired, dry, or blurry. It can also affect your sleep. Zenni's Blocks lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish, all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods 
for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.